Warning, this is the final episode of First One Out Ghost Zero. The outcome of the Survivor Ghost Island season premiere is fully discussed ahead. Tread lightly. Survivor chronicles the lives of 20 strangers, stranded together in the middle of nowhere, forced to build and destroy their own new world. Over the course of several weeks, these island-dwelling men and women are locked in a physically and mentally exhausting battle to outwit, outplay, and outlast each other, voting each other out every three days at the terrible temple known as Tribal Council. After 39 days, one of these castaways will walk away as the sole survivor, in possession of the million-dollar prize that goes along with the coveted title. After only three days, one survivor will walk away from years of dreaming about this journey. Months and months of surviving a grueling casting process. Weeks and weeks of preparation for the game. Days and days on lockdown. And the guarantee of more than a month away from everything and everyone they know and love, no matter how early they lose their life in the game. All for only three days of actual playtime. This season, someone else will become a first one out of sorts. The first one out to Ghost Island, the graveyard of bad survivor decisions, birthed from the ruins of nearly 20 years of broken dreams. This castaway's name will forever be etched in survivor history as Ghost Island's first guest. But in truth, another person was swinging from the monkey bars of this spooky playground before anyone else. This podcast series is the story of finding the season's first sacrifice to the fearsome survivor gods. It is also the story of an idiot and a moron. This is First One Out, and I am Ghost Zero. Survivor, Season 36, Day Zero. Is that a lychee? Where? Right there. Not a leech, like the lychee, like the fruit. You know what I'm talking about? No, I know what you're talking about, I just can't see it. Right there, the green. Oh, maybe. It looks, it looks like it. (laughs) Be careful, it does, just in case it's not and you don't get some kind of. Uh, It looks like some sort of. Oh no, it's not. Fruit something or other. You're already looking at everything (laughs) as food. (laughs) I'm built that way, I'm so analytical of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, All it's right, game time. So you ready? I'm introducing myself. I'm gonna time? I'm gonna cue you up. All right, here we go. All right, so who are you and why are you gonna win Survivor? So I am Stephanie Gonzalez. I am the winner of season 36 Survivor. You just don't know it yet, and I'm going to win because I'm a badass. But I'm not I'm not like the badass that's like aggressive and I'm gonna kick everyone is ass i'm the badass that is like kind of sweet and then he turned around and it's like oh i'm out of the game if you were to get oh my god if, if you were to get blindsided and it's just like a no. massively awesome blindside no. how are you with that can losing. you losing are you can game respect game when it comes to you losing does not that word doesn't is not in my vocabulary i do not lose i cannot lose like this is i'm here to win so i will probably be a little butt hurt but (laughs) to be frank but you know i'll probably respect the person emphasis on probably 
I probably they might get my vote if if you know if they did a good enough job. It has to be beautiful. It's got to be orchestrated gorgeously for me to <laughs> have that respect towards them. Otherwise, like, no. <laughs> cool. Uh, so there's 20 of you guys out here. Uh, one of you will win. Clearly, we know who that's going to be. Right here. <laughs> but somebody's going to have gone through like everything that you went through, all of this, like roasting in the sun, you know, being cooped up in Ponderosa, going through casting, flying out to Fiji for three days of Survivor. Somebody's going out first. How brutal is that? Does your heart go out to that person? My heart does go out to that person, but, you know, everything's a learning experience. So maybe going out first is going to teach you like, okay, what did I do wrong? Self-reflect a little and just say, you know, I guess maybe it was luck. I mean, who knows? You just don't know on Survivor. You That's why you got to pay optimal attention at all times just to figure out and make sure you're not the one to go out first. I know you hate the word lose, but what if, what if it was you? If it's me, I would be so disappointed in myself beyond measure. I would feel like I let down a lot of Latino people and I don't want to do that in my family and the sacrifices. I'm missing my mom's big um, wedding for this. So I just Oh don't... wait, really? Yeah. That's tough. She's yeah, she's renewing her vows and she's hosting her big wedding, her big dream wedding on the beach and it's all in Puerto Rico, which is home for me with all of my family members and I'm missing that to be here. So I need to like that check ha is mine. I there's so much I need to do with that money that like losing is not an option. I, I need it more than ever. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, congratulations to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Two more. Uh, they're going to be messages to yourself in the future, like messages in the bottle. Uh, and I will give you the context for that as we go. It'll okay. make sense. You'll get, you'll get it. <laughs> okay. This all is right. going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be good. Stephanie, I've got great news for you. You've just won Survivor in the future. Give that person some congratulations. Good job, girl. I told you you'd do it. You see? Just gotta com completely believe in yourself, just like you always do. You got this, girl. You got this. Okay, one more. Okay. Stephanie, I have terrible news for you. Unfortunately, you've been voted out of Survivor in the future, and you are very, very, very upset about this. That person needs some help right now. I'm probably having a nightmare. I don't think I got voted out. No, I didn't. I didn't get voted out. I mean, this, like, we gotta, like, rewind. Hold up. Oh, I didn't get voted out. No, I didn't. Like, what? <laughs> That's great. All right, good stuff. <laughs> It'll be the first one. Don't worry. It's gonna be the first okay, one. Okay, you it's better. Be I don't wanna do that second clip. Ever. You know what? Just delete it now. Just delete it now. Just delete it now. <laughs> Good stuff, Stephanie. Thanks for coming Thank by. You. I'll walk you back oh, so that thanks. you don't run into any of these other crazy people. You must people. be burning up. You're wearing a, it's a little, it's a little toasty. But look at what you're you know, wearing. It's all right. Oh. It's preventing me from getting burned. Burned. So I'll take the feet over the. Oh. You know, I'm a. For the Hollywood Reporter, in collaboration with Rob has a podcast. I'm Josh Wiggler. Stephanie Gonzalez is the first one out. Right, who are you and why are you going to win Survivor? Uh, my name is Jacob Derwin and I'm going to win Survivor because for some reason people find me charming. That's it? Uh, I, I, That's enough for a million bucks? Me, <laughs> well, on top of that, I know this game inside and out. I know every little bit of strategy that's ever been used, what works, what doesn't work. And I understand what you need to do to win this game and I'm going to bring that all in with me. I am charmed, though, I will say. Oh.
how are you as a loser? You know, if you get, if you get, <laughs> I have uh, a lot of experience with that, man. <laughs> if you get, you know, if you get like really mightily blindsided, you know, if it, if it's a real slaying, mm-hmm. are you going to be able to walk back from that and be like, good move, or are you going to take that poorly? If it happens after the merch, I'll take it with such dignity, because I don't want to go out of this game. He's, I don't want to go out of this game just like, eh, well, he was in the minority, he's not as strong as us, so let's get rid of him. Like, my nightmare is day one, you know, or first tribal, rather, being booted just because I'm not athletic. Um, you know, so, if I get, okay, if I get booted in the most mundane, just like, we're on a tribe, we need strength, he's not strong enough, even though I have a million other qualities that people should look for in their allies, um... If that happens, that's gonna hurt a lot. That's gonna that's gonna be me on the pre-merge pre <laughs> pre-merge trip scowling the entire time. It's a big cast. There's yeah. 20 people. Mm-hmm. One winner. Yeah, man. Hopefully it's you. That's the plan. That would be ideal. Yeah, yeah. Might not be. Might not be. Certainly somebody goes home first. Oh, jeez. Yes, sir. All of this, this whole journey mm-hmm. to come out here for three days of Survivor. How brutal I would feel, that be? For honestly, you? I so badly want us to win that first try, that first immunity. You Not, just don't want to be there. Yeah, like literally, literally, like I don't want to be the guy who breaks someone's dream that early. Like even beyond me having that, you know, me the possibility of me going home first. Just the idea of like that. Ugh, no, no vote will probably be harder for me. Yeah. Or right, painful. Jacob got his wish. He wasn't at the first tribal council. He was on Ghost Island. I'm Ghost Zero, and Jacob Derwin is Ghost One. Jacob, I have terrible news. Unfortunately, you've been voted out of Survivor, and in the future you're very bummed out about it, and your past self could really be the thing he needs to hear from right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Remember the unbelievable experience you had before the game even started. Remember waking up and seeing the sunrise in Fiji. Uh, Remember all the uh, lovely people you've met so far and will continue to meet because of this experience. And remember the birthday you had when you were here because that you will never forget and that's important and you know moments like that trump winning any kind of big prize. So remember that and hang in there bud. When's your birthday? It was June 1st and some of the uh, handlers quietly after everybody was kind of heading out for the night uh, led me to a bungalow under the false pretense that they had a question for me and I opened the door and there was the staff of the resort with a cake and a bunch of them singing happy birthday to me. And I proceeded to eat a large piece of chocolate cake uh, quietly while five people watched. <laughs> In the spirit of not being able to have your cake and eat it too, more than five people watched on February 28th as Jacob Derwin became the first one out to Ghost Island and the second one out of the game. What's happening with the music? Yeah, well, put on, I put out a self produced Well, my friend David helped me produce it. It's... Pretty, uh, Lifelong music man? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I came out of the womb shuffling to Hootie and the Blowfish. Um, Only when I baby. That's, yeah. that's my karaoke jam. Uh-huh. Um, no, but that, that's a weird example. To pay. I'm a huge, <laughs> huge music nerd. I listen to every kind of song. Leading with Hootie. Not just Hootie. <laughs> I mentioned that to Gordon, too. I don't know why I did that. Why am I on a Hootie kick? No, I, uh, I am a huge music fan. I... I, I I write, I perform, I listen to everything. My, I'm, one of the last things I did before I left is I went to a Sylvan Esso concert in Brooklyn. It was unbelievable. Um, so that that's a big thing to me. And I, I put out my own EP recently. It's called Mira, Mira EP. It's on Spotify and all that stuff. What's the genre? What kind of music is it? Uh, I, I'm calling it just kind of indie pop, but I don't really know what to call it. Maybe singer-songwriter. Uh, you know, it's it's 
It's a, a lot. Of, it's it's the combi- can you sing me a ditty, or is that too much pressure? I, I, people keep asking me to sing things. It keeps happening, man. Uh, I've, I keep, From one survivor blogger who likes songs sounds, to another. It sounds weird without the instruments, man. Like I'm so used to like. I'll close my eyes. I won't look. Oh, have you heard any of it? No, no? I haven't. Okay, I, I don't. Skibbity bop bop, skibop bop boo. No. Keep going. Do it again. No, do it again. No, no, no. I won't look. I won't look. I'll, I'll sing a thing. I'll, eyes are closed. Eyes are no, closed. I, I, this is a weird thing to do. Uh, the title track is eyes called closed. Mira from Manhattan. Okay. Uh, and it, it just, it's, okay. Well, I go. Uh, her name is Mira from Manhattan. Her name is Chelsea from Chelsea. Her name is Krista from Columbus. It doesn't matter much to me. And if you want to listen to the rest, you can go on Spotify. Ah, I like it. <laughs> and listen to the actual song because there's a pretty guitar thing and there's some piano and it's very lovely. Do you and play my, all the instruments? Uh, my friend, I, most of them, my friend David who produced it. Uh, he's a producer. Chapter 8. Dreams. from Manhattan Her name is Chelsea from Chelsea Her name is Krista from Columbus It doesn't matter much to me Now she's staring out the window She's turning on the night takes a pen to her new novel and the airplane takes flight Mm, I never knew Mm, I never knew Mm, I never knew Ghost Island gives, and Ghost Island takes. In the case of Jacob Derwin, it gave him a temporary stay of execution. In the case of Stephanie Gonzalez, it all but guaranteed the immediate destruction of her dreams. At the first tribal council of the season, the men and women of Malola were open about the fate of their presently exiled tribe mate. If not for Ghost Island, Jacob would have been the first one out of the game sent home in a shutout vote. Instead, they would only have to wait three more days for their shot at the singer-songwriter originally from Long Island, New York. I wasn't there to witness his exit firsthand, but I walked away from my trip to Fiji feeling like it would take nothing short of a miracle for Jacob to survive deep into the game. No such miracle occurred. In fact, his life in the game was the exact opposite of miraculous. It was disastrous certainly when considering how much preseason love was on his side on the Malolo tribe. Uh, character. He's just someone that looks so fun. 
Like he's always like laughing and smiling when he's talking to others because I'm real observant and I watch him. He just looks like he's going to be just so bubbly. Uh, I, I nicknamed him Super Fan Fro Man. Super Fan Fro Man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, tell me about Super Fan Fro Man. I, like, I mean, from the moment we got on, uh, we got to LA and I saw him and like everything, he just stoked about everything. I can tell that he's just like, oh my gosh. When the moment they said Ponderosa, he was like, oh. And so like, I think in my case, growing up uh, not being a super fan, would be really smart to align with him because he probably has some really clever ideas that I would never have even thought of and I'd like to be on his side <laughs> he's uh he's funny he he um he's another I think who he's probably a super fan uh I think of him like uh, and I mean this in an endearing way but I think of him like Fozzie Bear um he's um he's kind of a little goofy like just just today like he's tripping over things and stuff but uh so he looks like a fish out of water but i suspect he knows a lot about the game and and no, is probably going to be thinking a couple of steps ahead uh, a little a little oddball a little bit uh weird and eccentric um but he seems likable uh, how do you do with oddball uh good yeah i mean uh, i'm an oddball too, you've got an inner oddball myself. in there somewhere yeah, i mean everybody does do that What's like definitely uh unique uh he's Quirky in a good way, though. I like him. Um, he laughs a lot. He claps a lot when people speak uh, from production. So it's probably a guy that is down to earth, maybe. Uh, yeah, good too. Cool. Nothing, nothing bad about him. I love that guy. He's my favorite. Why? <laughs> He's adorable. So I don't know. Maybe he got sunburned the first day he was here. He was wearing shorts and a t-shirt the first day he was here. And then ever since then, he's been wearing long sleeves, long pants, sneakers, like fully covered from head to toe. I'm thinking maybe he got sunburned or something. And it's just adorable to me. Um, and his eyes light up every time something happens. So I think I'll really like him. Hopefully I can work with him. He's he's super fan. He's the other super fan out here. I think that he probably is the only other person who's as big of a super fan as I am. And he re he reminds me and looks just like my brother. Um, so is that good or is that that's bad? That's good. My brother is like geek to a core, and he is my best friend. And so I know that world. I mean, my brother talks to me about playing Dungeons and Dragons all the time and all these you know things. I feel like I know that that lingo and. I actually would love to work with him because I feel like he would be fun to strategize with. I like him. He's cool. He's the air drummer. And there was a butterfly, you know, flying across from us and he pointed at it and I thought that was cool. So he was listening to music, air drumming, dancing, which I do. So I'm like, well, you're cool. You don't really care, you know, what people think of you as long as they accept you for who you are, which he does look for acceptance in people because he's kind of quirky and that probably makes him feel good. So. Lots of compliments his way. Gonzalez had lots of compliments to throw Jacob's way in the preseason. The other members of Malolo, however, were not feeling quite as generous towards Gonzalez. I ain't really got a chance to even really look at her in the eyes either. Yeah, you just haven't had a <laughs> She chance. just hasn't really, she's not one that rounds around a lot. She's really much in the same spot, and I try to jump from table to table now. Another one that I'm not sure what she's doing here. <laughs> okay. She is, seems to be, you know, she's been kind of full makeup, full hair every day at Ponderosa, whereas, you know, that's not what we're here for, right? So I don't know that we'll get along very well. She's like exotic, like um, Abby. Okay. I feel like she got, she's going to have like a, an attitude um, and she's definitely going to be somebody who um, will be interesting to have on the tribe. Let's just say that. I can see her 
maybe being the Abby Maria of our season, like the, the drama queen. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hey, like, um, hopefully I'm wrong with my first impression, but yeah, she definitely seems to have the potential for a lot of sass. If she doesn't like how things are going, she will let people know. And look, like if you let me know in that way, I'll listen. I won't fight back. I'll listen and I'll let you do, I'll let you uh, do you, you know, I'll, I'll work with it. But um, yeah, I see some drama there. A little Latina flair or something. I'm getting a little, it's kind of sexy. She'll probably like flirt away through the boys maybe. I don't know about an alliance though. I'm not sure how I feel about working with her. She's gorgeous, but uh, you know, I thought that we might have better chemistry coming on to this show and, and you know, there's really nothing there so far. Um, I think she kind of is just not wanting to give away too much before everything really starts to get going. Um, but that's just my, my first read on it. You think she's closed off? Yeah, closed off and, and maybe, I don't know, a little bit hard to, to interact with. And, and I think that if, you know, her gameplay is like that at all, it, it might be difficult for her. She's been, she's kind of a bit of a loner, actually. Like, um, she, she kind of keeps to herself. I mean, we all have to keep to ourselves, but she really keeps to herself. Uh, kind of separate from everybody else. So it'd be interesting to see if, if she plays it that way out here, she'll be in trouble. It's June 6th, 2017, late at night. The Fijian winds are out in full force, forcing a change of plans. It's all hands on deck at the Survivor Art Department, as dream teamers and PAs and full-on producers alike roll up their sleeves and get to work. Because of the weather, the first immunity challenge of the season, which was originally planned to take place out in the ocean, now needs to be conducted on land. It's the rare occasion where the meticulously planned challenge order needs to be adjusted, but an occasion that legendary challenge mastermind John Kierhofer and his team are always ready to handle if necessary, as Kierhofer himself tells me the next afternoon during a rare break in his day. Here we are in Fiji, and we thought, you know, we really wanted to open up this season out in the middle of the atoll. You were there, yep. so you get to see. It's so beautiful, and we wanted just to have that first episode to have the beautiful diving challenge in the clear blue water, because we love it. But, you know, wind storms came in, and... The survivor uh, got sneezed that yeah, day. Yeah, they sneezed, and... Uh, uh, our marine team went out and they're just trying to keep the set from blowing away. That's what I heard. And it was pretty hectic. So they, they let us know. And we knew that it was a possibility. Whenever we have a water challenge, we have it situated where if we have to, we can pull something else in. Uh, we were pretty confident that was going to work. You know, it looked like it, the weather was going to go away. Uh, and then when it didn't, we said, okay. And then as you saw last night, we scrambled and, you know, it, it was just getting some stuff painted up. It wasn't. It wasn't like we pulled an all-nighter. I think right. it was 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock or something. So, and personally, I think it's fun that you guys were here so that you could oh, see. Oh, I was thrilled. This is, <laughs> this is what happened. This is what happens. Folks from all corners of the Survivor universe pour out into an open-air, tented slice of paradise to touch up paint on the various pieces of the massive block puzzle awaiting the Ghost Islanders at the end of their first challenge. Sabotage by the Beastie Boys and other iconic pump-up jams we simply can't afford to feature in this podcast. Blair in the air as everyone works in unison. Kierhofer with paintbrush in hand. Jedi Master Zach Jensen also on hand. Survivor Press member Gordon Holmes eagerly getting into the high-stakes arts and crafts project. Even Andrea Belke pulls up a seat. 
One member of the Dream Team stands up on top of a table with two paintbrushes embedded in her hair, like an assassin hiding tiny instruments of death from her enemies. It's an exciting display of unity. Unity! And a moment that speaks to what makes Survivor so compelling. The best laid plans often go awry. And when they do, the tribe comes together for Plan B. In the case of the first tribal council of the season, hours after the Malolo tribe lost the last-minute land-based immunity challenge, it wasn't a matter of Plan A versus Plan B. It was Plan J versus Plan G. Jacob or Gonzalez. With the survivor blogger-turned-player banished to Ghost Island, after an incredible display of blustery word soup that we're certainly going to be drinking from later, the Malolo tribe no longer had an easy consensus person to vote out first. What to do? What to do? That was the question of the day on Malolo Beach. And when one person walked away from the huddled masses for only a few moments, the answer arrived. Malolo would anoint Stephanie Gonzalez with the title of Survivor Ghost Island's first one out. Tribal Council was intense. A slow sense of developing dread dripped throughout the evening as two possible candidates to go home emerged. Gonzalez, or Eastern Kentucky's very own Donathan Hurley. In Donathan's case, had he been sent home on day three, it was nice to know that he would have accepted defeat with grace. It would be a heartbreaker at the first, but I'm not a sore loser. You know, I'm three days in, if that's what I experienced, then that's what I experienced. You know, I'm going to be going to other places and, and still experience in the world because I've always been in Eastern Kentucky and one thing I can say, I'm out here having a time of my life and there's there's just nothing better right now. No matter what. No matter what. His preseason positivity notwithstanding, at Tribal Council, Donathan looked pale as a ghost. Fitting enough, given the name of the season and given Donathan's journey out to the spooky playground mere days after Jacob's visit. Was it theater? Was Donathan who had a big moment at Tribal Council when he opened up about difficult experiences back home, putting on a show of nervous energy in order to keep Gonzalez in the dark? For his part, Jeff Probst doesn't think so. I don't think Donathan was fronting a single thing. I think that's the reason he's on the show, is we met him and, you know, he said, look, coming to casting in Los Angeles is my first time going anywhere. Going to Fiji would be my first time needing a passport. What I didn't know about Donathan, he didn't share, at least with me in casting, was how low his self-confidence was and how little self-esteem he has because of the people in his life that apparently have been hard on him. And I think that A, makes him really rootable. This, this is what I'm talking about when I say the reason Survivor's still interesting is because we get people on the show who are willing to be vulnerable enough to let us watch them grow or suffer, succeed or fail, you can't not root for Donathan. He, he's a likable kid who's had a lot of things he's had to go through already, but on the flip side, you can't let Donathan get long into the game, and if Donathan is a liability, he may have to go. It's complicated. It was less complicated in the case of Stephanie Gonzalez. 
voted out in a shutout 8-1 to decision. Toward the end of Tribal Council, the occasional horse surgeon from Florida by way of Puerto Rico put her self-professed analytical skills to good use, sensing the target on her back. In a last-ditch attempt to save her skin, Gonzalez vacated her seat and started whispering into the ears of her fellow Malolos. What was she saying? I don't know, I couldn't hear her. Whatever the words, they landed with a thud, as Gonzalez's torch was snuffed a few minutes later. As for Gonzalez's final words, uttered to the camera before making the long trek back to Ponderosa, I wrote them down as quickly as I could. Select excerpts ahead. This was Gonzalez's reaction to being the first one out. Quote, Being the first one voted off is devastating. I thought I let down a lot of Hispanics and people who are fired up about what I'm passionate about and connected with my story. I'm sorry about that. That sucks. Maybe there's a future where I can come in and play and bring the million dollars home. End quote. This next one is Gonzalez on what she left behind in order to play. Quote, I made so many sacrifices to be here. And it sucks. It really sucks. I missed my mom's wedding. That's terrible. I'm sorry, Mom. I love you. End quote. Here's Gonzalez on the one bad decision that will haunt her forever. Quote, This has definitely tied into the theme. Going off for a brisk walk is probably not the smartest idea. But I think the decision of them taking me out is going to greatly affect them and they will realize that pretty quickly. We'll see them at Tribal Council again. End quote. Kudos to Gonzalez for the accurate prediction, and kudos to Gonzalez for her final, final words. Quote, This is tragic. So tragic. I need a pizza. End quote. Mmm, pizza. There's one other comment from Gonzalez's final words that are worth sharing here. Quote, I believe Brendan is definitely leading the game. He has seven sheep to eventually pick off, one by one. That's his goal. Whatever's going to take him to the end, he's going to do it. End quote. That's something you didn't see in the episode. Before walking out of tribal council, Gonzalez turned to the surviving members of Malolo and accused them all of acting like sheep, trapped under the paw of one alpha lion. Brendan Shapiro. Whether or not she's right, we'll find out for sure in the weeks ahead, though, I have to admit, I can't say I agree. Just a couple of quick personal observations from that first tribal council. For one thing, Libby Vincek is a terrifying survivor player. Most of the Malolos wouldn't look Gonzalez in the eye, even when she pulled a page out of the J.T. Thomas playbook and started speaking with her tribe mates in an attempt to call a last-minute audible. Not so with Libby. Every time Gonzalez spoke, Libby happily kept her eyes on the woman whose demise she would be partially responsible for in just a few moments. Completely unflinching. Remorseless. Sorry, girl, Libby said as she wrote Gonzalez's name down. Guess you're just not part of the we. It's one of the most stone-cold tribal council performances I've seen in the four tribals I've been lucky enough to attend. However it plays out in the ensuing weeks, through three days at least... Libby was a player. No surprise to me, considering what she said to me about how she would play the game against her loved ones. 
I mean, I did accidentally say I'd backstab my best friend, but that was like one of those really super fast questionnaires. And I was like, uh, only if we were like the final four, I would have to backstab her because I'd be like, sorry, girlfriend, if this is me or you, it's a million bucks in a title. I got to go for me. There's also Stephanie Johnson, one of two Stephanies this season, and now the sole survivor, if only in that regard. In the pregame, Stephanie was one of the few future Malolos with a positive impression of Gonzalez. She's hot. I, as a first day, I'm like, she is a total babe. She looks like one of my best friends back home. Um, she looks like she could be a runner to me. And since I run, um, I feel like there's going to be some connection there. I'm not giving away that I'm a runner, but, you know, I can talk the lingo, say I've ran a couple five 5Ks, and, you know, try to bond with her over that. Where did things change? Perhaps it changed with the name. Here's what Stephanie said while voting Gonzalez out of the game. There's only room for one Stephanie on this island. And it's me. A badass one-liner for sure, though it might have been a little more badass if Stephanie hadn't struggled to get the cap off of the pen. Really, even Jeff Probst would likely take issue with Gonzalez's assertion about the rest of the tribe's playing prowess. Early on in that tribal council, it was clear that Malolo wanted to focus on keeping the tribe strong, though definitions of strength were bound to vary from voter to voter. Asked if he felt safe if the criteria for the vote was keeping physical strength around, Michael Yerger said yes, assuming keeping physical strength was indeed the priority. In this moment, Probst paused tribal council to briefly compliment the Malolo members for finding ways to keep their cards close to the chest while also delivering strong storytelling for the viewers at home. Not an easy task. Certainly not for a newbie cast at the very first tribal of the game. Minutes after Gonzalez was sent packing, Probst remained as positive about the Ghost Islanders' gameplay as ever. Jeff, first Tribal Council in the books, how are you feeling about it? Josh, I feel very good as we sit here at Tribal, hunched over yes. together, talking into your little microphone. Yes. You feel pretty good. You feel pretty happy with how things Well, went. I feel, it's not, it's not so much happy, it's just we're off and running, and it was a cool Tribal in that... You saw somebody get up and argue their case and start whispering. And I don't think that'll happen every tribal, but I like the fact that players now realize it's okay. You're not doing anything wrong. If you're worried, you should get up and talk to the people that you're worried about or in cahoots with, because what if they do have a bad bit of information? Maybe it is just a miscommunication, or maybe you are in trouble and you need to try to sway them. I, that's what I would do. Yeah, so you think that the, you know, the whispers became really prominent in Game Changers. Is yeah. that an evolution of the game, you think? you think that's here to stay now? I do, and I think really all it is, what I continue to learn from this game is that it just takes one person, and then it's fine to do. So somebody had the courage to say, I'm not, I'm not okay. I'm standing up and I'm going to talk through this. And then everybody else goes, oh, good. Okay, now that I just don't want to be the first. So I keep trying to remind myself, don't be afraid to be the first. Be the first. Don't let the opportunity go by because you're worried that somebody's going to judge you or it's going to be weird or nobody's done it. Do it. If, it if you need to stand at the confessional of voting for 10 minutes while you decide, stand there for 10 minutes. Nobody's going to rush you. Whispers is one W word. Wait, where is another? Uh, but also we. We is now, now I feel like part of the survivor. Oh, God. Oh, we're, good, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. It's the ghost. It was the ghost. The ghost did it. Even out here at Tribal Council, the denizens of the spooky playground can make their presence known. Never underestimate the power of the supernatural. Or an unstable microphone setup, for that matter. We continue. 
We got it, we got it. We're gonna be all right here. Everything's gonna be okay. Here, I'll just even hold it. It's gonna be easier. Okay. So we've got we've got we in in the mix now. I feel like that's part of the lexicon. Uh, does that? It, it doesn't feel like a like a necessarily a new idea so much as like a distillation of an idea that's been prevalent in Survivor for a yeah. while. Is that how you feel about yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes words just catch on. And this notion of we, you know, Michaela makes it says it in a way that you really get it, and suddenly it's a good way to shorthand, you know, the we. But yeah, it's been around forever. And, and I think sometimes the way players make their mark is that they tell you the same thing, only different. And the way they say it, like when Zeke said, the deck reshuffles, everybody gets that analogy. It makes sense. So now we can say, is the deck reshuffling? We all know what we're talking about. It's this shared language. It also has kind of like a sing-song quality to it. It's fun to like ping-pong that word back and forth, I feel like. Yeah, that's probably part of it too. And it is a taunting sort of thing. Are you in the right we? Right. And is your we, me, and, you know, yeah. When Gonzalez left, she says, seven sheep, one lion. In her final words, she identifies Brendan as the lion. Do you see Brendan as a lion in this group? They certainly elected him leader right off the mat. For sure. A hundred percent. And I I look at Brendan and think, what would I do if that's how I was labeled? I think you got to just own it a little and try to just say it means nothing i'm happy to lead but you know don't let me get suckered into leadership role people i don't want that but i will lead if you want me to it's tricky you can't not be who you are brendan can't not be a really charismatic athletic gifted orator he is that so i don't know what you do if you're him you are the lion right now what are your thoughts on gonzalez as the first boot of ghost island bummed for Gonzalez because, man, she left a family business. You know, there's so much people do to get out here. And when she walked into Tribal, I do not think she saw it coming. And clearly she got worried at the end, which is why she started whispering. She seems to have a good attitude. I'm always impressed when people can do the show, get voted out first, and still find a way to, to make it a good experience. Stephanie. Hey, Wiggler. Oh, my gosh. Hey. How are you? Good. How the hell are you? I'm doing great. Good to catch up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you have to tell me, what did you think? <laughs> well, uh, what, well, the real I'm, like, question. your brain. Yeah, the real question is, is what did you think? I mean, after, like, sitting on this for, you know, for months and months now, how, how was it? I mean, we're, we're talking. It's Wednesday night. It's shortly after the episode has aired. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Yeah. Super huge, huge, huge survivor party. Um, unexpected. I'm like, I'm running to my car. So I have like a little more privacy because there's like so many people out here. It's weird. Yeah. And so just to set that up for people who are, who are not following along it. So you are, you just got thrown like a, like a surprise party basically by your friends and your family. Yeah, so there is literally like 250 people here. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? This is great. This is so cool. I'm like, I've never felt so important in my life. That's amazing. What did everyone think <laughs> of the of the episode? How was it watching it with everybody? Dude, everyone was like living through the episode. I'm like, I mean, of course, I'm like, okay, I like need like a brief warning. I'm like, all right, y'all, like I'm here. Like, let's chat a couple minutes and then like leave me alone so I can watch the episode in peace. 
because of course everyone's like asking questions they're like oh hey okay so what was this like oh my god did she say this and everyone's like on this like insane like roller coasters there's like 15 tvs out where we were at it was like a private deck in a restaurant <clears throat> that could fit us all and um yeah it was really cool but i was like everyone was living through it like oh my god we can't believe don it's like oh what a liar like we hate him like <laughs> okay guys calm down it's okay like it's a survivor it's not a big deal oh my gosh all right so let's dig into the episode a little bit or at least let's dig into to your experience i think is even more important and i think the the first thing i i would love to to know is so you get voted out and i assume it's five minutes before your first pizza about how long until you're in full-on pizza mode um i was in pizza mode probably like in, at least in my mind i was like well i'm fucking voted out like i'm gonna go gorge and binge my emotions away on pizza and like probably sleep with pizza and shower with pizza in my hand like so it was like probably like 30 minutes and i was like down a whole pizza i'm like yes this is amazing so what nobody knows is, or i don't know if anybody knows i think jeff knows because we talked about it briefly is i gained 17 pounds to go out to survivor so literally i'm like built really thin i'm i'm pretty strong at least in my mind um and i like put this extra fluff and i was the only girl out there that like collectively made a decision that i was gonna like you know, get a little, you know, extra fluff to like, you know, a little reservoir to, to hold me off for the whole time that I was there, the whole three days. Right. So it was kind of like, it was kind of awful. Cause I'm like, what the hell? It was like my most expensive investment. Like forget the, like the trainers are like, you know, running or like spending freaking 12 hours training. No, my most expensive investment was eating so much just to gain the weight. <laughs> oh my God. So, so you've got a pizza finally. Is that helping you uh, cope with what has happened? Like I know, you know, famous last words from our interview, Stephanie, you know, I do not lose. I don't do well <laughs> with losing, listening back to it, knowing I was like, oh, poor Gonzalez. Uh, you know, where, when did you get okay? Like, how did you, how did you start the process of kind of like being all right um, with it. you seem like you're in decent spirits even that night though just like watching your final words yeah so it's really kind of a little wild because I wasn't in great spirits and the biggest thing that I mean I understand like the editing and there's just so much content that has to be like brought down to like an hour-long show with like 100 commercials going through it so I understand like the editing really has to boil everything down to like the most important parts but I would I already knew I was going I was being voted out and like I really wish they would have kind of like put the conversation on screen so people could read it because I mean I don't know but I guess to answer your question is I'm still a little butthurt about it but (laughs) not angry with anybody about anything more like maybe I should have just played dumb. You know what I mean? Like maybe it would have been more beneficial to just play like an idiot for the first until I hit the merge. And then like, all right, I'm there to play. But it's not instilled into in me to be like an idiot, like play like an idiot or like fly under the radar. Like that's not who I am, who I'm built. So immediately going in there, like, and like a lot of it was like, you know, building fires and like, helping with the shelter and like I built this like stupid crab trap and they didn't show any of that which was like still like butthurt about it I guess so I'm 
I wouldn't say I'm 100% okay. I'd say like, I'm probably like 93% okay. <laughs> yeah. But there's always going to be that like lingering 7%. Yeah. There's like lingering, like I dream about it every single night and it's pretty what sad because what I'll happens dream about in your it dreams? Tell me about the dreams. Dude, oh, let me tell you, Wiggler, it's insane. Like, I have the most vivid dreams of my life. I, I have, like, three or four dreams a night. And I have dreams with, like, different people and different tribes. Like, I had a dream with Kellen just last week, and I, I texted her. I was like, oh, my God, Kellen, like, you keep popping up in my dream. It's insane. Like, I feel this strong connection with her. And I have a ton of dreams with Jeff. Not, like, anything crazy or creepy or, like, you know, rated R or anything. Like, very like innocent dreams and and i shit you not i dream with him like i've and i've like talked to some people about this but he i've dreamt that he's given me uh, the million dollar check like i'm not even kidding yeah and, and, then, and then you wake up like a third perspective dream it's like me you know my through my eyes and then you wake up and it's and then i wake up yeah. and i'm like i'm in my bed i'm way too comfortable why am i not on bamboo or on dirt like what is going on <laughs> So when did you know that you were in trouble? Like, did you feel secure until Jacob was sent to Ghost Island? And then like after he's sent to Ghost Island, you start to feel like you're in trouble? Or did you feel like danger earlier in your experience? Um, I felt in trouble when I actually had um, a lot of conversation, me and Brendan and Michael, sorry. Me and Michael and Brendan um, had a bunch of conversations about aligning and they were like, we want strong people. We want strong people. And then Jenna's name and Donathan's name were thrown around a lot. So it was Jenna and Donathan, but Brendan has a very empathetic heart. Donathan came up to us and we were talking and Donathan was like in tears. He was like, am I, am I being, is my name being tossed around? Like I know I'm the weakest. He was petrified. Uh, Laurel was also very scared of like being the vote. So she came up to Brendan and said, you know, Oh my God, are you guys voting me off? Like she hadn't really made instant connections. I had had conversation with Stephanie about doing an all girls Alliance previous to um, tribal. She was like, we need to work together. So Donathan um, kind of threw my name out there, but that was, I was actually away um, doing some interviews and stuff. And that's when freaking, of course, the whole tribe turned on me. That's, so I that's was not a part of one conversation. That's, yep. that's the walk. Yes, sir. Bingo. Tough. That was the one walk right before being on lockdown for tribal. That's tough. Um, yeah. So last minute, <laughs> So you turn around and you say, uh, we, we didn't see the full thing on the show, but I remember it. You know, it, it, it only shows you saying sad. Uh, but you also said one lion, seven sheep. Do you remember that? Oh, hell yeah. I was hoping that would be a title, but I guess it wasn't that cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you were really feeling at that point that it was that it was Brendan leading the way. Hell yeah. Because he was he was orchestrating. He was manipulating everyone. He was in with Donathan because he was empathetic and, you know, Donathan, don't worry, Donathan, you're not going to be voted out. He was in with Stephanie and Jenna. He didn't want to piss off Stephanie because Jenna and Stephanie were kind of cool. And she, she was afraid of pissing off Stephanie by getting rid of Jenna. He wanted to keep, keep our tribe kumbaya. And um, 
I told him, I was like, dude, like Donathan, sadly, like he's a great guy, like great guy, instantly felt a connection, but we got to keep this tribe strong to be able to not come back to tribal council for a little while. And he just like Donathan shed a couple tears and Brendan was a sucker for it. And it was kind of crazy because me and Jeff had a conversation with Donathan at tribal about, you know, Donathan had been picked on. He was from, you know, um, Kentucky and yada, yada. And I turned around, I was like, dude, like, I feel you. I think I, at one point even like grabbed Donathan's hand or like touched his knee or nothing. I was like, and I was like, dude, I, like, I feel you. I know what you're going through. I've been through that. Yeah. I remember and, that. Oh yeah. Like, and it really like sunk to me, but at the end of all of that, like, yeah, I was bullied. Yeah. I like went through a lot of shit, like, okay, boohoo. But I bounced back and because of all of that, it just pushed me to become stronger and tougher and like learn socially, like just to be better. So yeah. And this, I'm kind of bummed out. They didn't show that part. Cause I feel like everyone would have been like, damn, wow. Yeah. You know, really connected, but I mean, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, what do you do? Shrugs shoulders. <laughs> indeed. You know, when, when people go out to Survivor, they put so much of their lives on hold. They put all of their lives on hold and they make lots of sacrifices and they miss out on things. And I remember you said that you were missing out on a really big life event in order to play the game. Your mother was renewing her vows back in Puerto Rico and everything. Um, you know, you don't get to leave the Survivor machine until the season wraps up. Were you able to contact her at all? Or did you find like any other way to kind of celebrate the day in your own personal way? Um, I didn't. And I told everyone at Ponderosa, I was like, I don't want to know what day it is. I want to lose track of time because it, so the Hispanic culture is very close and like families are so, so, so important. Like, especially my family is so strict and just, really tight niche. So I didn't want another day and I felt it like when that morning I woke up and I'm like, fuck my life. Like today is the day I just feel it. And sure enough, it was the day. And the thing that hurts me the most, aside from like me, like, you know, you, you miss like your entire family reunion and your mom getting finally her dream wedding, which she never got when she was married the first time to my father, who she just renewed her vows, you know. And I planned that wedding for her, and it's because of me that she had that wedding. She, my mom was not, I was very low-key and, like, just, you know, oh, you know, maybe someday, don't worry. And she never does anything for herself. And I encouraged her, and I went online, and we bought everything together, and I planned her wedding with her, and I really, like, contributed a big part. Uh, if it wasn't for me, she would have never done it. She was like, it's okay, I'll just, you know, dreaming about it is good enough. She's just very content and, and just, satisfied with like the most minimal things so more like the biggest part that hurt me was that when I came back like a couple months ago recently Puerto Rico was destroyed yeah of course and that like thinking about my moment that I missed to be with in my hometown with all my old friends with all my family and just to know like going back to Puerto Rico it will never be the same like I can't go to my hometown right now. There's like, I'm almost sure there's still no like water or electricity. Yeah. And the roads are damaged and they're barely doing flights out there. And the flights are like $700 because everyone's ditching the island, which no fault to them who wouldn't, there's not, there's no living conditions there. That's what really hurts me is like, just knowing like where I grew up, like my home, like my heart and soul is like in Puerto Rico and 
I'll always be an island girl. Just knowing like I can't go back, like I'm never going to be able to go back and visit my old beach or visit my old like home or anything. That's the part that really gets me. Yeah. What was uh what was it like coming home and seeing your family for the first time? Um, it was odd. I felt so out of place. <laughs> yeah. And they hated me, but they didn't hate me at the same time. They were so supportive, but they were like, You missed a big event. And in the Hispanic culture it's like a pride thing, I guess. Like people are just really prideful. So they're like, Oh, you won, right? Like you won, you won, you won. And I'm like, oh, Actually, God, it's kind of, kind of the opposite. <laughs> I was like, well, let's just not say anything and play like dumb. Maybe I'll play dumb now. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you've had, uh, you've said you've had dreams of, uh, of being back out there. And you've had dreams of Sir Jeffrey handing you the million dollar check. Not unprecedented for someone who went out first to, to come back to Survivor. So is that something that you're hoping for? Is it something you want to do? Like knowing that if, if you were to get like the same result again, even would you do this again? Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, I know I know Franny, like, got double boot once, and I'm praying to the big god that's up there and the survivor gods primarily that that would never happen to me again because I would officially die. My soul would die and rot. <laughs> but if I got any kind of light, like, hey, hey, Steph, what do you think? I'd be like, hey, I'm in the airport. What do you mean? I'm already here. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to play it off cool. Like, oh, hey, guys, I'm already in L.A. I was just in town, you know. <laughs> yeah, just completely forget like you ever even went <laughs> yeah. back out there. That didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? First group? Nah. She looks like me, though, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my doppelganger. Uh, all right. Well, Stephanie Gonzalez, you have a party to get back to, so I'll let you get to it. But everything's going to be all right. Life is going to be okay. Uh, there's there's more pizza to consume. And you always have a friend in me, okay? Cheers to that. Pleasure again, Wiggler. Thanks for talking. All right. We'll catch up later. Take care, Gonzalez. <laughs> all right. Bye. All right, bye. What do you think about her? We had a funny moment in the airport on the way here, and we shared a laugh, and hopefully that's... What was the funny moment? Someone, it might have not been her, someone knocked into the back of my leg with some rolling thing, and I jumped. I legitimately was like, whoa! You know, I turned around, and she like she was like, she stuck out a bottom lip and started laughing, and I'm just like, pardon? <laughs> so, could be, could, she could be really lovely, I don't know. That's what Jacob told me about Gonzalez in the days before the game began. If you were taking the man at his word in the immediate aftermath of the season's first immunity challenge... It would seem Jacob thought the entirety of Malolo was really lovely. The loveliest, in fact. Do you think Malolo is truly one of the best tribes in Survivor history, Jeff? That was that was top 20 things said in a first episode ever. For sure. Because he said it with such reverence. I know for a fact we're one of the greatest tribes in Survivor history. What did you make of Jacob saying that Malolo is the best tribe of all time? <laughs> what was funny, Andrea Bulky was standing not too far away from me. I was like, I wonder if she's insulted by this at all. I mean, I, I would say the fact that their um, record at immunity challenges is 0-1 probably doesn't put them in, in that. Uh, they're in, not in, in the conversation the, yet. No, I don't think they're even in the conversation. But, you know, you never know. I could be wrong. They could go on a huge run. 
Um, and who knows also why uh, young Jacob was saying such things. Do you buy him when he's saying, like, no. I got it, no. I got you, you got punked. No, no. You I, got Derwin. No, I don't, but that's part of why I like him. I love someone who's so big and boisterous and such a big character. Um, I, I love seeing it. That's from my conversation with Matt Van Wagenen the morning after the first tribal council of Ghost Island, days before Malola would go on to become Owen 2 in the Immunity Challenge Department. At the time of our conversation, Jacob was still in exile, relishing in his role as the first one out to the spooky playground. Officially the first one out to the spooky playground, at least. Um, what do you think about him as Ghost 1, as the first ambassador of Ghost Island? Could not have gone better unless it were you. I mean, it really, seriously, I, I, when we were looking at the board and said, okay, who would be the first person you'd want on Ghost Island? I was like, well, Jacob. I mean, but that's never going to happen. I mean, what are the chances it'll be Jacob? And it happened. Again, the survivor gods, they can, uh, they can smile at you or they can destroy you. And in this case, they smiled on us. I had like butterflies in my stomach like watching that moment because like, please pick Jacob, please pick Jacob. Well, because otherwise it's such a slam dunk straight vote for Malolo, they're just going to knock that guy out. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like you really got the, the best possible outcome. And it's funny, I was, I sit there during the challenges, I, I'm listening to Jeff, and so I hear the conversations of the tribes a, l- a lot less. And I just, when they were, when they were saying it, I, I heard someone say Jacob, and I was like, oh, no, it can't, it, it can't be, really? Really? And sure enough, it was Jacob, and I was ecstatic. Can you say anything about what he's getting into on Ghost Island, ver- you know, based on what we're going to see from him in this first episode? Well, the first episode has, has aired. Yeah. So, yeah, we've seen him. We, he went into um, he went into Ghost Island, and he not only got the full tour and the look of what that place is like, but he got the opportunity to play a game. And the funny thing is he didn't have to. He, has to, he had to make a sacrifice. Uh, he had to risk a sacrifice in order to play it. And if there's someone who was going to risk risk it, uh, it would have been him, and he and he did, and that's that's fun to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the legacy advantage plays out for him. Um, you know, it's, it is a twist on how we've done it in the past, and it's a little bit of a nod to season 34, um, in that or I mean uh, 35, excuse me, and hoping that he can develop some bonds with it. Um, with Jacob, I, I don't know. I mean, hopefully it works out for him. Hopefully he can use it, but I could also see it um, putting out another target on him. Yeah, but it's hard to get a bigger target on his back right now. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he, you know, here's the thing. If 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 the other tri- if Navidi, uh, it seems as though um, they have the plans to send him back. Yeah, and he that's could, the move. He, for that, sure. that would be the move. That's what I would yes, do. Yes, one hundred percent. And just keep sending if him. He, if he keeps getting sent, <laughs> yeah. and then by the time there's, you know, uh, I, I, you know, if if there is a switch, if if uh, there's a switch, he may actually have some people he can work with on the other side, and he may actually become a, a not probably not a powerful player, maybe a powerful pawn, or at least a powerful chess piece in a bigger plan. What are your what's your read on the Malolo dynamics after this first tribal council where Gonzalez goes home? Um. I still think that they are a little kumbaya. It's funny. I thought that a, I thought a a, um, a first uh, tribal would kick their game into gear, and it did. And I think you're starting to see some movement, and there's people who are looking like bigger targets. I don't know if they're at each other's throats yet. I mean, we know what's really going on with them, and they don't all see the same way. But I don't know that everyone's aware of that yet. So I think it'll be interesting to see how Jacob um, returning. Uh, will change things, and who knows what happens if, you know, the next immunity challenge. 
That next immunity challenge was the very same challenge the survivor team tried to implement a few days earlier. A deep-sea adventure filled with diving and unlocking things and shooting balls into hoops. An absolute nightmare scenario for yours truly, in other words, if not my absolute worst nightmare. That one's still ahead. It was nearly a game-ending nightmare for James Lim, who struggled in the diving portion of the challenge, opening the door for Donathan Hurley to enjoy a moment of heroism, albeit one that wasn't quite heroic enough to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat, as Naviti brought home a second consecutive immunity win. It was an impressive showing from Desiree, and also from Wendell, the player that both Probst and Matt Van Wagenen selected as their winner pick of the season. Had I been on hand to witness it, I may have been compelled to share their selection. Instead, I watched another member of Naviti secure the win for her tribe a few days earlier, thoroughly commanding the physically and mentally brutal puzzle, a performance so badass I couldn't help but solidify her as my official winner pick for season 36. My real middle name is Sue. Uh, which is my grandmother's middle name, my mom and all of her sister's middle names, and all of my female cousin's middle names. You're all the Sues. We're all the Sues, so aren't you glad you asked? So you're out here for the Sues, Survivor. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, Survivor. I'm here to play Survivor, see what I can do. Um, I like to say that empathy is my superpower, and I can't wait to see what that can do, um, to use it in ways to build genuine relationships, but also to exploit them as well. Are you a Kellen fan? I'm a huge fan. Kellen's officially my winner pick, by the way. Well, see, no, that's not fair. Why? Because you're doing it afterwards. No, I had, like, a going into, I, okay, I didn't have, uh, here, let me just, oh give me boy, a second. Let me talk for okay. just a hot second. Yeah, you don't get to talk just, enough. Just for a second. Well, truthfully, I'm only upset because I'm a little bit jealous, because in, after having three days under our belts she seems like an awesome uh, pick to win it I mean I, I still am sticking with my my guy Wendell, Wendell but she was amazing you know the question is she was so good is that going to eventually draw attention to her I mean I don't know how she seems competitive she seems a little lippy um, she's just seems like she's got some charm I, I really like her Kellen I have fantastic news you've just won Survivor in the future and your future self is so pumped up give her some congratulations Kellen you knew you could do it, and you did it, and ain't nobody gonna tell you that you can't get through anything ever in your life again. You did it! Hotel Navini is in full effect. Now we need more. We have to go to Fromprons! 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 Island! We need more Fromprons for, for the hotel. <laughs> we gotta make the hotel five star. It's not quite there yet. This is gonna make this lobster thing happen. <laughs> The lobster thing did not happen while I was visiting Naviti Beach, but Chris Noble and the members of his tribe remained positive about their food prospects at the end of the first immunity challenge, with Chris once again declaring his intention to track down a Fijian crustacean for all the Ghost Islanders to hear. And to hear Matt Van Wagenen tell it, mission accomplished with an asterisk. What do you make of all of this lobster talk that Navidi is getting into? Is that, you know... Well, I mean, I do have back... The funny thing is, is here's a little bit of spoiler, and these are the type of things that usually make the show, but don't always. But I think we can leave this... this I mean, it's post-episode one, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think if it ends up... You may, not, you may not see it in the first episode because premieres tend to be so jam-packed, but that afternoon, sure enough, Sebastian backed it up and pulled out a big lobster. Um, 
and he's he's there they they definitely ate lobster that night they're a great tribe because like they didn't win the shelter building anything and yet their shelter is so much more kick-ass than malolo's at least when i saw it on day two uh gotta imagine they've got fire by now that they've got flint like i just feel like this is a tribe that might really have it together i think so and again you know i go back to rather than whether they have whether i think they're going to win a lot of challenges i look at it as whether they're interesting fun people to watch play and i think that's the case with them an interesting group of players to watch indeed. Recall this moment from the Survivor Ghost Island preseason, an exchange I enjoyed with Matt and Jeff's official winner pick. Like, I could probably build an idol of the things around us right here. You okay. know, like, that, that stuff will be used as a string. I could make it a little stringy. I would take one of these rocks. I would take, um, like, like, that piece of wood right there. I would use that rock to carve in that wood, carve some crazy stuff. It won't look like a piece of wood. Like, whoever, whoever had a fake idol and was like, the chick was like, this is a piece of wood. This isn't an idol. My idol looked like a real idol. Who knew fake immunity idols would come into play so early on in the game? And who knew that it would be someone other than Wendell on Naviti Beach to get their hands into the survivor forgery business before anyone else? Dominic Abate who planted his flag in the preseason with some Tony-esque ideas, emerges in the first six days of season 36 honoring the King of Kagiyan. First by getting his hands on Andrea Belke's immunity idol from Survivor Karamoan, then by creating his own fake idol, which he presented to Chris as a means of smoothing out some day one difficulties. What's next? A spy phone? Maybe, maybe not but Dominic's King of the Jungle tribute is already fully underway. I mean, I would credit everything to Tony. I mean, I would not take credit for it. I promise you that. And if, uh, yeah, a bag of tricks showed up in the game, again, it would not be my bag. It would be his bag that he left behind many right. years ago. Or last year he left it behind. So I, I hope I hope to bring a, lo that, a piece of that back to the game. Who knows what will happen with the Dominic Abate idol in the weeks ahead? But we already know the fate of the Jacob Derwin idol. Namely, that it did not work. Jacob, a.k.a. Ghost One, returned from Ghost Island with a bluff in hand. A fake idol designed to build some trust with his tribe and get the target off his back. Alas, no dice. In this island-rooted reboot of Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol... The MacGuffin effectively self-destructed while still in the operative's hands. Or, maybe more accurately, in an attempted handoff to Stephanie Johnson, the hopeful beauty to his beast. That sing-songy pair never took flight, as the singer-songwriter was bounced from the game in a split vote. A cautious move made on the off chance that Jacob's idol was real. And with that, the first one out to Ghost Island becomes the second one out of the game, following Stephanie Gonzalez on that sad trip back to Ponderosa. Ghost One, is that you? <laughs> Ghost Zero? Is that, is, that my, is that my brother from Ghost Island? Oh my God, how are you, man? I'm a little shaky. I'm standing on a, on a street curb waiting for an Uber. I'm yeah. not alone. I'm with my sister and a friend. We're dealing with it together. Okay. All right. Everything's okay though. You're you're handling it. You're doing all right. Yeah, as well as you can handle something like this, right? Yeah. All right. So just to set the stage for everybody who's listening to this, it's 10:14 p.m. on Wednesday yeah. night 
after the episode yeah. has aired. So you are you're minutes. you're like 15 minutes off of just watching your exit episode. As a as a lifelong Survivor fan, it's got to be kind of a surreal feeling to re-experience that. It's it's one of the most hideous sensations I've ever experienced. I uh, it, it's so funny because you know I. I you watch it all, and you kind of know what already happened, right? Because all the cast talks later. We all we all kind of have a general idea of what went down. But to see the specifics is really something else. To really experience exactly how it all happened, the reasons why, all that stuff. It's it's something else. And I was right about a lot of it. I called a lot of it. So so in watching it back, like it it's it's playing out pretty fair to to how you experienced it. I um, I knew very very quickly that I was being targeted by pretty much everyone. No one wanted to talk to me. People were going off in big groups and discussing things alone without me. And I, I mean, I knew I was dead on day one. So I went, I went balls to the wall. I tried everything possible. And you see that you see me making a fake idol. You see me coming up with this big, stupid lie. You, you see all of it because it was everything I was trying to, to make it the final. Um, everything I, I was, everything I was trying just to get out of, death i i had a death sentence i was basically trying to extend it with any means possible and uh unfortunately i only got so far so what happened because i mean going back and and reviewing all of, like the preseason stuff like you were loved you were deeply deeply yeah. loved by this cast and like your preseason reads on people were were really sharp i thought so yeah. when i when i started to see things like kind of slipping away from you even at that first immunity mm-hmm. challenge where i was watching i was like what happened so what happened? Mm-hmm. Where did things go wrong, as someone might say? I think um, people can see you sit, sitting in a resort, eating your pasta, reading your books, writing in your journal, and come up with some really fun first impressions. And a lot of them were right about a lot of that stuff. I'm goofy. I'm awkward. I'm a little weird. I'm a big super fan. A lot of people were right. Unfortunately, when you're actually put in the, in the real situation with the real person, and you're just hitting it off better with everyone else. No matter how funny you think the guy is, charismatic, no matter, well, not charismatic, they all thought I was special, apparently, but um, <laughs> right. or as an idea in person, it just might not be the same thing, and that's, and that's, uh, that's just how it is. That's just how it goes sometimes, and I definitely tried everything, and, and, and once again, once again, it's like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't doubt that I had friends on my tribe, right? Like, I've talked to a lot of people since. They loved me. Laurel and James and I were, were buds. And these are people, Stephanie even, who ended up being my downfall. Like, they, I do truly consider them friends. They're ju- they just realize to them, their game was going to be better without me and going along with the majority in that situation. And look, the pretty people were never going to work with me. They, once again, they might have thought I was funny, but Michael, Libby, Brendan, like... They were never going to work with a guy like me, even if I didn't come up with some crazy lie about an idol. So when you're watching this with your with your family, you said with friends and family, right? I actually I, I went out to a little watch party at a bar with some people. Okay, so sister sister family. Yeah. So how did people react when they watched you pour the rice into the sock? <laughs> I, would, I would love I to actually, know. I, I, as, it, as it was hap- as it was happening, I literally stepped out to the balcony to like just be away from it for a second because I realized how crazy that looked. And you don't see that there was a note on the bottle and I thought the note meant something and I was desperate and I was willing to try anything. So I had to give it a try. Even on day two, I knew I was in trouble. I had to try anything. So you don't see the note. That's fine. But you do see me going for the rice. And I explained to many people around me that you boil the rice. And then when you boil the rice, it, 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 you're, you're okay. You boil it for safety. It's not, I didn't give the, I don't think I, I, I anything that was in my sock, uh, got transferred to my tribe mate. I hope. 
So talk me through <laughs> talk me through the immunity challenge and the moment on the mat where you're talking about Malolo as the greatest tribe ever and then it is it's built up like this was the long con like you were you were conning everybody. So like what was going through your head through that whole time cuz to me like it looked like you were kind of just like buzzing at that point like this just felt really intense to you. You know, the moment we lost that challenge I was dead in the water. Everyone knew you see it on the show, I knew it. That I could, I, there was no way I was going to talk myself out of this one. I could try, but I, it wouldn't happen. And when, the, when, we, when we finally realized that Ghost Island is a place that you actually get sent to, that it's, it's an exile and you get, you're, you're safe, I realized, oh, all I have to do is say something ridiculous. I mean, obviously, I'm already kind of a weaker guy you know, compared to a lot of the people out there. So all I really have to do is just put the pressure on me. I have to make Navidi think, let's send him. That'd be funny. He's an asshole. He, or he's a, he's an ass. He's 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 talking his mouth off. He's talking smack. He's oh they think they're so great. He thinks they're so great. Like if I put that attention on me, it might just work. It might just make them think oh Jacob instead of Jonathan or something like that. And you even see in the show Sebastian lean in and say Jacob was talking that smack, and I go oh my god it actually did work. Could you just not help yourself though, like with it. the with like with that outburst, that part of it of being like it, it worked, like having that explode no, out from you. That that was the vibe I was giving off. That's just how it is for me. I'm, but it was more than that. I realized once it started working, I was like, oh, maybe I could do this next time too. Maybe, maybe I will go to Ghost Island and we'll lose again, and they're all going to remember me being a little cocky jerk, and they're going to want to send me again because. You know, they don't know what's there. I was also hoping that when I gave the legacy to Morgan that uh, it would give her incentive to fight for me to go back. That didn't happen. But my, my thought at that point was they did it once. Maybe if I keep pissing them off, they'll do it again. That was the idea. So, And it, uh, it only worked so far. So talk me through uh, getting to Ghost Island and seeing that place for the first time and experiencing your time mm-hmm. out there. I certainly remember in vivid detail what it feels like to, to get out there. <laughs> Give me your play-by-play of like your time on Ghost Island. It, it's, it's such a, an odd place, right? There's these giant totems of, uh, you know, these you know, Easter Island head-looking survivor god things. and it's, it's surround- You don't even see all this. Stuff. I mean, you see some of it, but there's there's so many little sites with so many idols and and immunity idols and immunity necklaces and uh, every, it's everything. Just so much stuff. Uh, it didn't make the show. I called it a survivor wet tree. It, it, it's completely insane. It's, it's like going through a museum about only about your favorite show, you know. And when I realized that there was a game element, that it was in fact, hey, you can actually win something. I mean, all bets were off. I was. I was I, I was just chewing at the bit to, to, to maybe get something out. That was the whole hope, was that not only would I be safe, but there would actually be some sort of benefit, that I would actually earn something. I would get to play with something more powerful in my pocket. And um, I got lucky. I mean, you see me struggling with it. I, I sat there thinking about that game for a few minutes, just like racking my brain like, I'm, I know I'm dead back at camp. I know they're going to vote me out. I know they're all against me. There's no There's no chance here. So even though it's hard to give up your vote potentially, you know that it might be worth the thing in there. And then when I got the legacy advantage, you see my expression on the show where it says it's lost its power, realizing slowly that it had no power, that I had to give it to someone to restore its power. Uh, it enraged me. I, I think I spent 20 <laughs> minutes. I think, I think I spent 20 minutes uh, sitting on the beach, screaming at a camera about how Sierra Don Thomas just screwed my game. <laughs> I, I think, I think, 
I was so angry that a, a season that had aired, a contestant that wasn't even here, screwed me. I needed an idol. I needed something I could use immediately. I needed a one-off. I needed just something that could push me a little further along that, that could actually protect me. And instead, I got something that I could gift to someone else. And then you see Don, you know, Dominic get his idol that completely works like a normal idol. And I'm just like, that's, that's infuriating. Uh, it was it was one of the most frustrating moments of my. It's probably the most fr- frustrating moments of the game, but definitely one of the most frustrating moments of my life. And Sierra Don Thomas, if you're listening to this, you owe me the nicest dinner. And 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 if I drank, I'd, I'd say you owe me drinks and and uh, just the list of things that you owe me. <laughs> I have bad news for you. There's ac- absolutely zero chance that Sierra Don Thomas is listening to first one. There's just <laughs> it's just not happening. Okay, if you're okay. Listeners, listeners, if you're currently listening to first one, I need every single one of you. She doesn't have Twitter, I don't think. If she does, I don't know. I need all of you to You got to fight it out with Joey Amazing, Twitter. Jacob. You know I love you, but I don't know that I like you in that fight. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so so tell me about um, you know, so you get voted out. You really uh, yeah. I re- I remember vividly talking through with you in the preseason about uh, yeah. what how you would feel like if you went home early and it was just mm-hmm. it was a nightmare scenario for you and the pain on your face in that in that tribal council when you know it's you it's it's really palpable um how long did it yeah. take to to like reconcile that are you are you still reconciling it i'm 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 not gonna get over it Josh. <laughs> yeah i can deal with it i can deal with it like someone deals with you know a persisting health issue I don't know if I'll get over it anytime soon. Unless I ever, unless I ever get a chance to try again and get a little redemption, I, I don't. I don't think it's ever. You do it again. You really do. You go, go back out there. Hey man, look. I mean, this, this, the card. I've talked to so many players from my season. Some I never, I never got to meet from the VD. And so many of them have told me the same thing. And I don't know if it's true. Maybe they're all just getting ready for a returning season that includes us. I don't know. But they've all told me the same thing. Why weren't you on my tribe? Why didn't I get to play with you? I would have done it in a heartbeat. And I'm sitting here wondering, did I just end up with the wrong people? Did I just give off uh, an impression? I, you know, they say I searched for an idol for three hours. I don't believe that. It was a few minutes at a time. It was, I'm not saying I was subtle, but I wasn't that ridiculous. Other people were looking. And it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's just hard to really articulate how, how deeply frustrating it is. Um, I'm, I'm lucky that I have the support I have. I'm lucky that I have the friends and the family and, the former survivors, uh, survivor alums who have been reaching out and have been so kind. And I'm lucky I have that because this would be really hard to do by myself. Are you, uh, are you paying any attention to like the online reaction or anything like that? Or is that a no, hot fire staying away? I kept my phone off the whole time. I yeah. only turned it on for this. Uh, I'll probably turn it off. I might, I might check when I get home. Uh, I'm currently in an Uber. <laughs> I might, I might check when I get back to the apartment, but, uh, it's, I don't know. I feel like I let a lot of people down. You know, I, it was really hard in the preseason watching all these people pick me as their winner, pick me as their favorite, pick me as, oh, I'm so excited to see Jacob play. But there was so much love, so much compassion. Obviously, some people just making fun of the way I look. That's fine. But, like, there was a lot of people being really, really, really supportive in a way that I don't always see the fan community react. And um, it, it, it makes that disappointment, that embarrassment a little bit deeper because I feel like I let a lot of people down. Not just myself, obviously, but a lot, a lot more than that. I feel like a lot of fans are thinking, like, "Oh no, I, I can't do it. That's my guy. That's that's me on the show. He's my, he's my, uh, my, oh, sort of proxy to be out there, and and he couldn't pull it off. So it, it definitely feels a little bad. You know, you you dreamed about playing Survivor forever since you were a kid. You've been a fan since I think yeah. you said four years old, right? 
Yep, that's the age. So, I mean, you've lived it now. You've, you know, you've lived the dream. Uh, what's yeah. you know? Well, you experienced you you like had like a light nap. <laughs> you, know, you had like <laughs> light REM sleep, uh, not deep deep sleep. But what's what's the you know the big takeaway from from all of this for you? You know, after you know it's almost a year since you experienced it all. Where are you at with the show? This show that was such a huge passion of yours since you were a kid, and this game that you had studied so deeply. I didn't I didn't watch a lot of Thirty Five. I didn't I didn't watch a lot of Heroes Hustlers. Uh, healers. I, I, I had trouble watching it. And that hurt for me because this is, this was like my part of my religion, right? This was like a weekly thing. This was, this was my church. I'd watch every week and it was so important to me to be in the middle of this. It was so enrapturing. And it was hard to watch 35 because I, I knew that in the coming months that I was going to deal with something that I just can't, you know, articulate. Um, and that's hard. So, um, I'm going to watch this season. I'm going to watch Coast Island. I'm going to support my friends. I have a lot of great friends in New York and all over the country who I've made from the show. And I'm lucky to call my friends despite having zero social ability whatsoever. You know. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm going to root them on and I'm going to be excited to see what happens and what unfolds and to see it all in real time because I've heard stories but I have not seen it actually go down. So um, I'm going to root them on and then after that, you know, we'll see. We'll see where I'm at. We'll see how I'm feeling. We'll see what calls come through the uh, come yeah. through the grapevine and we'll see we'll just we'll see but it's it's like the kind of thing i mean you've got you've gone through it now and certainly like i can i can tell you like you know before i started doing like survivor press or whatever like i wanted to play survivor yeah. who doesn't want to play survivor when you're like a, a kid yeah. who's grown up and and you know obsessed about this show and dreamed about being yeah. out there on the beach like i guess like survivor's fun you would you would say to those people tread lightly yeah. If I can somehow get through this casting process, if I can somehow convince a bunch of people in suits at CBS that I'm worth having on their show, honestly, you can too. Just just, just know how to be yourself and know your strengths and, and go for it, honestly. But but no, and I knew this going in. I didn't know how bad it would hurt, but I knew it would hurt. Just know that you there is a risk. There is a risk that comes with putting it all out there like this and it's it's uh it's quite the gamble and I, I i hope you do so much better than i did all right jacob get back to your family stay off the internet <laughs> just you know hide, hide in your apartment for a little while and it's gonna be all right okay yeah. thanks man uh, thanks for calling and i uh, really enjoyed first one out man. really all right well thanks for everything jacob take care all right man okay all right Have a good night. okay you too bye, bye. Stephanie Gonzalez and Jacob Derwin are the first and second ones out. Who will be the third? The fourth? The fifth? Eighteen torches remain alive and well at the time of this recording. One of them will stay lit the entire way through day 39. And everybody thinks it's going to be them. 
I'm Libby and I'm gonna win Survivor because a good old country girl needs to win. I'm gonna get my hands dirty and outwit everyone. You have to hit the ground running, just like jumping and you're getting out of an airplane and, or you're rappelling. You have to hit that shit running. You don't have time to lay down and think about which route we're gonna take. You have to do it. For a long time I've been watching the show, so to actually be out here and get a chance to to be on the show and experience what they experience. I am so excited, I'm so ready. It's gonna be freaking hard, but I'm excited. <laughs> I envision myself going to the end all 39 days. I have a story to tell. I have money to put in my paper bag, and uh, you know, I got some asses to kick. I think Survivor is a game just like any other game that, that you or I might play or my kids play. It's all deception. And so the people that kind of get high and mighty out here and say, well, how could you lie to me? You know, we all know what we're in for. So I don't, I don't have any problem at all deceiving anybody. It's all about the game you're playing and Survivor is not a game you play safe. You play hard, you play opposite of how you live. You know, a lot of these people are nice people when you actually meet them. But on Survivor, I, I can't be nice. I can't afford to. It is just a game. And because I know it is just a game, I will flirt with as much disaster as I can. If I see somebody brings honor and integrity into the game, I'm going to exploit that to its fullest. I have no problem if someone brings their faith into the game, I will exploit that to its fullest. Because I have respect for people of faith on the outside world, I have respect for people of integrity and honor in the outside world, but we are not in reality. This is a game. People need to understand that. Everyone says play like it's your second time, not your first time. Don't have like this fear of, am I going to hurt someone's feelings? Is this going to like affect me? You just have to play to win, so that's what I'm going to do. You're here to win a million dollars. You're not here to make friends, even though that's part of it. And the people that know me, know me. My family knows who I am. My friends know who I am. So if people don't like how I played the game, then whatever. You don't have to be my friend. But I'm going to lie and steal and do whatever I need to do to win this game. It's always a theme on each season, you know, that people maybe don't play as hard as they want or, you know, if they come back, they have permission or whatever. You know, I, I don't feel like I need permission in my life. I'm, I'm here to play. I'm here to lie, cheat, steal, backstab, blindside, whatever. That's the name of the game. That's why I love it. That's why I'm here. The people that aren't going to play that way, I don't know why they are. No matter who I blindside out here, I want to end the season, the 39 days here, having made 19 lifelong friends. Like, that's truly a hope that I really, really genuinely have. And it might require, you know, becoming friends, then backstabbing. But at the end of the day, I want to be straight up about, look, like, we're in this together, like, I respect you, I'm not gonna be an asshole to anyone. This is just part of the game, and that's the way it is, so if you're pissed off, I'm sorry. Yeah. We can talk about it later. This game is a game of lying and cheating and manipulation, and all those things are things I can't wait to do. I don't do those things. It's not normal for me to go around and lie. It's not normal for me to go around and manipulate people's feelings. People open up to me. I don't take advantage of that. But to be able to do that, I have absolutely no problem and no qualms about coming across as a potential villain or or whatever to make it to win not only to win the million dollars but to prove to myself that i was better than everybody else out here at doing that so why are you going to be the guy who wins uh because i'm awesome no <laughs> wouldn't it no. be great if that was like the only <laughs> know, qualification <laughs> i'm just gonna jump in like i'm scared of eating things i'm a little scared of heights those are my fears i don't love bugs but who loves bugs um but like in an eating contest, I'm ready to jump in. Give me a tarantula, I'll eat it. I'm here for the long haul. Like if I'm gonna be out here away from home, 
pretty much outside anyway. I want to be in the game, playing the game, so I'm here for the long game. Well, I'm going to win. There's no question about that. Last night I had a dream and I woke up to it and I was like, holy shit. And I'm like, this is like what I'm supposed to do in life. Everybody at home that I love believes I'm going to win this. So I don't really have to go in believing anymore. Like, they can do the believing for me and I can focus on the day-to-day -day process. You have to do the work. Yes. And I can focus on the work, though, because I'm not caught up in that. And I feel like that takes a huge burden off when you can kind of let go of that and just play. I know what to do. I know what needs to be done. It's like race day. I'm here to race. And I'm going to get, instead of a medal and like a free slice of pizza at the end, I'm going to get a fucking million dollars. You might get a free slice of pizza I as well. I might get a free slice of pizza too, right? <laughs> you all have your winner picks. I certainly have mine. Give them hell, Kellen Bechtold. But give them hell, everyone. To paraphrase what the great Lewis Tully of Ghostbusters fame might tell the Ghost Islanders were he able to speak through the television screen, stay fit, keep sharp, and make good decisions. Because one bad decision, well, you know the drill. First One Out, Ghost Zero, is produced, written, and hosted by Josh Wiggler. That's me! It's a collaboration between The Hollywood Reporter and Rob has a podcast. Taryn Armstrong is our editor. He's also a robot. Ghost Drops, the theme of this podcast, was composed by Josh and Ben Wiggler, arranged by Nick Campbell, and performed by The Sun in the Room. Mira from Manhattan, and Revelation Song by Jacob Derwin. Head to THR.com Survivor for more Ghost Island coverage. Huge thanks to Leslie Goldberg and the team at THR for all their support, as well as Rob Sesternino and the RHAP family for all of their support. Survivor returned on February 28th, and Ghost Zero concluded on March 1st. Epilogue Survivor Season 36 Night Zero I open my eyes. I'm still on Ghost Island. My back aches from hours spent on the bamboo bed inside the island's lonely shelter. At least, it feels like hours. Maybe it's only been a few minutes. Who can say? Time fades away on Ghost Island, like slow mist moving over the ocean, crawling, in other words, to the point that you wonder if time even exists at all out here. My failure to make fire still exists, at the very least. Torches remain alive and well all over Ghost Island, but not a single one of these flames was created by my efforts. Sleeping in relative comfort, surrounded by warmth, it feels unfair. Feels like cheating. 
The bamboo shaft, filled with an unknown treasure, still lurks within arm's reach. I'll never know what's inside. Not unless I open the damn thing myself, but I can't bring myself to do it. Certainly not under the watchful eyes of survivor death, less dramatically known as the torch snuffers hanging overhead. The whispers have returned, and the longer they linger, the more I'm certain that they're calling my name. I look around the campsite for signs of life, and every time I feel like I'm closing in on the culprit, all I see are shadows flickering against rock. Tricks from the torches, surely, and nothing more. That's when I notice it. The survivor god, or at least its ambassador. The dark-haired figure that was towering over me earlier in the night. The one that appeared without warning on the rocky road winding up from Ghost Island's campsite. It's gone. It's vanished, just as suddenly as it initially arrived. Its absence made all the more chilling by the rising sound of my name calling forth from a collection of ethereal throats. That's so screwed up. That's legitimately very, 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 very scary. Time fades away again, but sleep does not return, no matter how much I toss and turn. I decide instead to surrender to restlessness, to absorb and appreciate every last moment I have here on the spooky playground. I walk down the path toward the mouth of Ghost Island. I stop one last time to tip my cap to the immunity mic. My favorite of the ghosts, if I may be so bold. I offer my sincerest apologies for nearly burning his home to the ground, and for not being able to live up to my own task. He offers me nothing but a solemn stare in response. I'm not sure what I expected, but... (sighs) It makes me sad. I head toward the beach. I slowly descend the bridge that sprawls out from between the towering totems like an old wooden tongue and finally take my seat in the sand. I'm at peace. I want to be, at least. I'm grateful for the hours I've spent here, living out a lifelong dream. But in my heart of hearts, I feel another truth. An undeniable sensation of regret. That I didn't live up to the dream. That I gave up on fire too soon. That I didn't dig deep enough and that once I leave this beach behind, I'll have to someday tell the tale of how and why I failed and live with the consequences accordingly. I'm trying not to think about all of that, the nagging and nauseating notion of an eternal haunting. I'm trying to focus on the strange beauty of this unholy land, a land I slowly realize that I can see with perfect clarity. It's odd, given the hour of the night. Or is it night? Based on the strange light that covers the world around me, it's hard to say if it's night or day. Picture purple-gray in the ocean, in the sky. Dark water smashes on pale sand. A flame provides faint light from deep within the jungle dancing beneath instruments of death, supplying heat in more ways than one. There's something wicked in the air, judging eyes everywhere. This is a sacred place, 
this is a loud place. What the hell? Okay, that's really starting to creep me out. My body goes cold. My heart is so deep within my throat, it's moments away from spilling out of my mouth and onto the sand below. My eyes, my ears, they can't believe what they're seeing, what they're hearing. Quiet words echo across time and space and straight into my face, and when I fully feel them, the full extent of my current nightmare makes itself known. This will be one spoiler. The Mecca is not coming back. How about that? I will, I will let you know that one. Matt Van Wagnen is wrong. The Mecca is here. As are the skeletal remains of hundreds of bad survivor decisions, dancing on the beach in front of a roaring purple-gray bonfire. The haunted remnants of seasons past move in unison, their bodies and buffs in varying states of decay. The ghost of Aubrey Bracco's bad survivor decision saunters up to me, dried fruit juice dripping from her face like old blood. Come join us, Ghost Zero. What could go wrong? I turn to run, and immediately smash into a tall skeleton standing behind me. It shatters into pieces, its head spinning up in the sky and landing on its purple pants-wearing lap. It's a ghost! A huge, hulking figure with a massive beard bursts forth from the purple-gray bonfire. <laughs> Off in the distance, another thin figure undulates in the water, hip-deep in the ocean, pale green in hue. It proceeds to get sick, before turning its head up and offering a hideous smile. Severe gastrointestinal distress isn't so funny now, is it, Ghost Zero? Before I can answer the ghost of Stephen Fishback's bad survivor decisions, an answer that would have amounted to a nauseous outburst of my own, a huge gust of wind blows me off my feet and launches me back past the entryway of Ghost Island. Ow! What the hell was that? It was me! A skeletal bird hovers in the air between the two towering totems. Hanging from its beak, my Moto Maji buff. The creature drops the buff on the ground and my broken flint spills out and rolls right up to my feet. The bird speaks again. Don't be scared, Ghost Zero. There's always a second chance. In fact, inviting to come tomorrow, 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 Why? I clumsily find my footing and turn to run, but it's not long before I'm eating dirt again. A rope launches from the jungle and wraps around my ankles, bringing me down hard to the ground. I flip onto my back and look down, only to realize it's not a rope at all. It's a monster. What's the matter, Ghost Zero? Never seen a snake before? The snake powerfully pulls me along the path toward the campsite. I dig my fingers into the dirt, clawing desperately at anything for leverage to stop the beast. That's when I see him. Mike, the immunity idol. I grab my old friend and hold him high, half expecting it to shout at me with some strangely familiar voice. Thankfully, Mike isn't feeling talkative right now. No wonder he's my favorite ghost. I lift Mike over my head and bring him down on the snake, causing it to slither away in pain. Back on my feet, I head to the place the snake was taking me anyway. Ghost Island's campsite. 
I grab the machete and crawl into the shelter, both hands on the knife's grip, ready to swing madly at anyone or anything that comes too close. When suddenly... Ow! The torch snuffer from San Juan del Sur descends from the roof of the shelter, landing directly on my head with a terrible thud. When I look up, the snuffer's skull face smiles down at me with its terrible turquoise teeth and spits out two words. Spooky, spooky. The full array of snuffers spring forward and smash down upon me, pinning me to the bamboo bed, making it impossible to stand no matter how hard I try. Even in the heat of the beatdown, I can hear the survivor Kageon torch snuffer cry. It's a survivor, not a man. Eventually, the beating subsides, and through a haze of stars, I can see them all. The ghosts of bad survivor decisions have all arrived, and now I know full well that I won't escape here alive. I see them all, distorted and demonic versions of some of my favorite players. Brett LaBelle lords over me, his rotting ghost flesh almost as horrifying as his beer-soaked breath. You couldn't even make fire, no zero? You're such a loser! Ben Dreeberg, his beard a tangle of purple-gray fire, roars over me with laughter. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't make fire today, Phil Zero. What were you doing? Meditating? <laughs> One of the ghosts moves closer and closer, its heart halfway beating out of its chest, its brain fully exposed. I can't recognize the monster at first until I hear his words rising above the rest. No, not you, Spencer. No, no, no! Yes. Yes! The ghost of Spencer Bledsoe's bad survivor decisions is here as well, just as menacing as everyone else. The army of buff-covered bones bang badly against each other, their whispers now a full-throated guttural war cry. The machete drops from my hand. I drop to my knees. I close my eyes and prepare for the inevitable end. Silence! It's him, the immunity idol who appeared and disappeared hours ago without warning. Except now, he's enormous. Twelve feet tall at least, with arms the size of tree trunks covered in dragon tattoos. Hundreds of feathers hang from his hair, obvious marks of the souls he's claimed. As he walks through the crowd, the gathered ghosts of bad survivor decisions bow low to the ground. In worship of their master, yes, but also in fear. His bellowing voice echoes throughout the air, vibrating as if in constant and tireless motion. Ghost Zero, I have been watching you. I have sat in the shadows, staring down upon your works, hoping against all hopes that you were a true warrior on the verge of a great destiny. Silence hangs in the air thick enough to be julienned by the titan's twin swords, sheathed in a cross on his back. His solemn expression turns sour, his frown dark and disappointed. But you are not a warrior. You are not a slayer of dragons. You are not even a wizard. Iron did not sharpen iron. You could not create flame. And now nobody, nowhere, will ever remember your name. Hey, wait, now hold on, everyone. Hear me out! I find you guilty, Ghost Zero. 
I sentence you to eternal imprisonment on Ghost Island. Effective immediately. No! No! Seize him! Stop him! The ghosts obeyed her master, descending upon me with great speed and force, hungry voices rising over the monstrous din. Look on the bright side, Ghost Zero. At least you're not dying Something hits me hard in the head. Sound, sight, time, everything fades away. Before I slip into the darkness again, I see the snake standing over me, heaving with the effort of someone who has just delivered a killer punch. It could be worse. I could be a bullfrog. Open my eyes. I'm in darkness. I have no idea how long it's been since I've been captured. There's no clock in my prison cell on Ghost Island. I can tell that a lot of time has passed, because my neard has grown so long that it's touching the floor, so it must be months, maybe even years, but exactly how long? I'm in the dark. Literally, it's pitch black in here. Every time I call out to ask the hour... Every time I request even a little bit of light, I'm met with silence. And occasionally, I'm met by the voice of my guard, the ghost of Brett LaBelle's bad survivor decisions, who tortures me with updates on what people far and wide have said about my time on Ghost Island. Headline, I'm not a big fan of Ghost Zeros. Yeah, who is? Headline, controversial opinion, but in 2018, I just like Ghost Zero. Hey, buddy, same here. Here's a good one. Headline. Most weight lost. Talk comment? Every time I ask him to stop, no matter how much I tell him I don't want to know what's happening in the outside world, it's no use. There's no escaping it. Cries of mockery, disappointment, and fury will be my only companions from here on out. Them and Brett. Who's that? Who's there? Someone's here. Delivery! Someone familiar. Delivery? I didn't want a delivery. Something familiar. Are you trying to tell me you're not going to help me eat this pizza? Oh, that's just unfair. Oh my god, Zeke, you read my mind. You're the best. Thought you might be hungry. Hungry? I'm starving, bro. All right, we'll eat up, drink up. Beers, too? Oh man, you're the best. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. I sit in silence. The smell of pizza from Cloud Nine wafting into my cell like an ancient ambrosia. It takes every ounce of willpower I have left, which is very little at this point, to put my hunger aside and listen in on the drunken shenanigans ensuing outside of my door. Hey, remember that time we went on that reward at that resort with the infinity pool, and we drank white Russians and recited lines from the Big Lebowski? Yeah, that was a great day. Oh my god, yeah, that was classic. Remember the time when Jeff had the fake immunity idol, and he threw it in the fire, and he's like, this is not immunity idol. And then Ken wanted the shells from it, so he ran it after. And Jeff's like, Ken, sit your ass down. Oh, that was, that was so funny. How could I forget? So epic. 
What about that? Hey, man. What about the time when what's his face? You know the guy. The guy who did that thing. And I was like, come on, you zip my head. Brett? Brett, you okay there, buddy? You asleep? Wiggler. Zeke? Wiggler! Zeke! Yeah, it's me! Dude, thank God! I've been trying to track you down for months. Are you okay? No! 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 I'm not okay! No! Everything's awful! I know. I know. I'm so sorry. Are you hungry? Do you want some food? Yes, 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 I do. Please. Oh my gosh. Here, take this. I'm sorry it's just crust. I wanted to save you a slice, but Brett ate the whole pie. He ate the whole pie? What a loser! Listen, we don't have a lot of time. He could wake up any minute. Brett's drinking metabolism is legitimately superhuman. But listen, you're getting out of here tomorrow. What? When? How? Am I gonna have to make fire again? No, I'm afraid it's worse. You're gonna have to talk. Talk? What do you mean worse? I can talk. You're gonna have to talk a lot. Tomorrow is exit day. Every ghost of bad survivor decisions has to go through it. You're going to have to relive all your terrible mistakes over and over again, across thousands of conversations. Everyone's going to be watching. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be exhausting. But you have to stay alert. Stay alert and wait for my signal. The signal? You'll know the one. When the moment's right, beeline it toward the summit. Everything will take care of itself from there. Shit, he's waking up. I gotta go. I have other ghosts I need to rescue. Wait, Zeke! Wait! I believe in you, buddy. Stick to the plan. Wiggler, hey, shut up in there. You want to hear more Reddit headlines? You want to just do me a favor and keep your mouth shut? Kill me with this hangover, man. Exit day. Exit day, yes, that's right. Exit day. It used to be my favorite day. Today? Not so much. of Rob Sestrino's Bad Survivor Decisions has a podcast. And now, here's the guy who's about to make Ghost Zero my junior deputy firewood bitch. The ghost of Rob Sestrino's Bad Survivor Decisions. Hello, everybody. The ghost of Rob Sestrino's Bad Survivor Decisions here. And oh, my God, do we have a show for you today. I'm so excited for this one. I've been really looking forward to do this exit interview for months and months, ever since this idiot couldn't make a fire ever since he almost burned the whole place down to the ground, ever since we chased him all over Ghost Island and knocked him unconscious with a snake with the voice of Nick Yadanza. That's right. We have Ghost Zero in the studio today, and he's here live, at least for now. Now, before we get to today's interview, let me just take a quick moment to talk about one of the great sponsors of the Ghost of Rob Sestrino's Bad Survivor Decisions has a podcast, and that would be our friends over at Canvas Ghost. Uh, Canvas Ghost... So many times that when you are on... It's my 4,000th conversation of the day by the time I'm sitting in front of the ghost of Rob Sesternino's Bad Survivor Decisions, sitting in his makeshift studio built within the shelter at the heart of Ghost Island. All of the other ghosts are gathered around, Ben Drebergen sitting in the front row, eager and ready for what's ahead, as if they haven't already feasted on every single version of the same story I've spattered out today. I'm trying to keep Zeke's words in mind. Stay alert for the signal. But at this point in the day, I'm feeling faded. That's T-G-O-R-C-B-S-D-H-A-P. All right. 
Let's get down to business. I see that we have Ghost Zero on the line. Let's go ahead and patch him in. Ghost Zero, are you there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm literally sitting across from you right now. Oh my God, Ghost Zero! Oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's me. Uh, how's it going? The Ghost of Rob Cesarino's bad survivor decisions. Everything's good. Uh, very good, very good. Ghost Zero, I'm so happy to have you here today. I have to admit, it was such a bummer to see you so close to making a fire, but I hope you're proud of it because you really were almost there. Thanks, man. Oh, my God. Rob, that's, a, that's like the first supportive thing I've heard all day today. You know what? I, I really, really do appreciate that. And by opinion. almost there, I mean it was not even close after, what, like six hours of trying to make a fire? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, actually, it was actually closer to like four Four hours? hours? You gave up after only four hours? Did yeah. we give up on I mean, <laughs> Survivor All-Stars when we couldn't make a fire for four days? I don't know. Look, I, I didn't want to. I, I knocked the striker off of the flints, and it was really dark, and it was windy out there, and it was just very, it was very tough. You were going to be on Ghost Island all night. You had eight hours. Keep trying. I know. I know. I know the Ghost of Rob Sessionino's bad Survivor decisions. I have regrets. I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what to tell you. I, I really don't. And who comes to Ghost Island without being able to make fire in four minutes, let alone four hours? Look, it's not for lack of training, I swear. I was, I was really good with the flint before I came out here. I, I don't know. I got really confident that I could do it, and obviously I was overconfident. I mean, and it's not even like you didn't even have the right supplies to go zero. You had a flint. You had the flint. I did. I did. I had a flint. I had a flint, the ghost of Rob Cesarino's bad survivor decisions. I did. Uh, I had a flint. Let me ask you a question. Can you make fire with flint? Can I make fire with a flint? Yeah. Can you make fire with flint? Because I have no memory of you ever making a fire with flint. You know what? I have no memory whatsoever of you ever doing anything especially handy in the survival department at all. Yeah. Get yeah. off your house. My horse, Ghost of Cesarino's bad survivor decisions. Zeke, somewhere in the crowd. You want to see me make fire? You want to see me make fire? Boom! Fire! How about that? Oh, okay. Yeah, that was that was actually pretty good. How about Boom. that? How about that? <laughs> Little bitch doesn't think I can make a fire. Catch me outside. I can make a fire. Obviously, Ben Dreberg is entertained. And obviously, challenging Rob to make fire wasn't the signal. So what did I miss? What did Zeke say again, exactly? Something about a high horse? A high horse. A horse! Who's laughing now, Ghost Zero? You know, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I don't hear anyone laughing right now, except for maybe Ben Drebergen. Um, we should change that. Uh, say, Rob... Do you remember the first season of First One Out? Ah, yeah, of course. First season of First One Out, even though this scene uh, technically takes place before we release the first season of First One Out. You remember, yeah. how, remember how I interviewed the former First Ones Out, including legendary Survivor winner and your fellow All-Star, Tina Wesson? Sure, Tina Wesson, I remember. Why did you edit out her story about the horse? Excuse me? Why did you edit out Tina's story about the horse? What story? I don't remember anything in the first season, first one out. Hey, Taryn. Hey, Taryn. Taryn, are you out there? Uh, yeah. I'm here. Yeah, do you remember Tina's story about the horse? You know, the one about Rob and Tina and Rudy and the horse on the Survivor All-Stars pre-jury trip? Yeah, of course. Why? Did, did, Rob, did Rob edit that out of the final version? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. All right, seriously, I literally have no idea what you guys are talking about. I think this is a little inside baseball. Hey, Taryn, could you roll the tape? Uh, sure. Um, All right, guys, guys, guys. Somewhere. I'll put it on speaker. We'll see if it works. Oh, I have a great story about Rob's sister, Nino. <laughs> you want to hear it? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, big yes. Okay, so it was me and Rob and Rudy and Richard Hatch, but um, Richard did not uh, stay with us. So um, we were all in at this beautiful, beautiful house, and they had planned all these great excursions for us. We went on three-day trekking through the through the Alps there, or not the Alps, Andes. Um, we went three-day uh, rafting trip through Chile. And they also planned this wonderful horseback riding trip, three-day horseback riding trip. Well, now Rob is not much on the adventure side. He's more on the strategic playing the game side. And so he wasn't having as much fun on some of these outings as I was. And so whenever the word came that we were going to get to do this horse trip, he did not want to have anything to do with it. I mean, he was not happy. He didn't really want to do it, but he was, I won't say he was forced, but he was highly encouraged to do it. So um, we get up on these horses and immediately, you know, you can tell Rob is not comfortable in the saddle and he's not happy about being there. And they're having to pack these horses because we're going to be gone for three days. So they They've got all this stuff packed up on these horses. And we start out and just as soon, I mean, I, I don't even know if we're out of the, like the little corral thing yet. And whatever was on Rob's horse wasn't tied down really well. So, uh, and maybe it's like these pots or pans or something that made noise. And it fell up underneath the girth of the horse, which made it start bucking. And of course, threw Rob off the horse. <laughs> And he oh my God. was so mad. He was so, he was furious and didn't, he was not wanting to get back up on that horse. So he was he was uh, not real happy and not real uh, thrilled to be on that trip with us. Oh, oh my God! Poor I mean, guy. first off, <laughs> I know, right? wasn't even that nice of a house. And all I wanted to do, look, I, I just lost on Survivor. I thought I was going to win. I thought my life was going to be completely different. And then I lost on Survivor, and I'm in this godforsaken place, and it's so cold. All I want to do The is ghost of Rob Sesternino's bad Survivor decisions is so worked up like about jam. the horse story I wanted, I wanted that nobody movies, notices while uh, I slowly sneak out of the shelter the studio. Forget the Trojan horse. That's a Fijian horse. Or maybe it's a ghost horse. It's definitely not a Troyzan horse. That's something completely different. <laughs> oh no. That's Gozero. He's getting away. The gathered ghosts turn their heads toward me in one fluid motion. The massive monster with the dragon tattoos stands up, unsheaths his swords, and points them both in my direction. Seize him! I run for dear life, faster than I've ever run before, with Zeke's words echoing in my mind. Zeke told me to beeline it for the summit. And who am I to let him down? You know, other than letting him down in the fire thing. But can we stop thinking about that? Can we stop talking? Oh! Damn it. I tripped over my own neard. I knew my poor excuse for a beard was going to get me in trouble someday. 
At this point, I'm resigned to my fate. I'm going back into exile. And this time, there will be no escape. I crawl forward and lean my back against a tree, so that I at least have a good view of my strange captors. And that's when I realize it. I'm not at any ordinary tree. I'm at the tree that marks the path towards Ghost Island's summit. The tree that looks like a rocket ship. There's something different about the whispers here. Something soothing. Something comforting. Ghost zero, ghost zero, ghost zero. The comfort doesn't last long. Ghost zero, ghost zero, ghost zero. What? What is that? What are Hands grab me, who knows how many of them, and start to pull me downward, deep inside of the earth. Leaves and twigs and soil fly everywhere, and soon we're talking about soil of another sort when I hit a cold, hard floor, and I'm finally able to see through the dirt, looking directly into the eyes of... A llama? Yo, Josh, relax, man. A hand grabs my shoulder. I spin around. It's me, Tony. And I'm laying eyes on the king of the jungle himself, Tony Vlacos, legendary survivor winner and uncontested game changer. He pushes a button on the wall, and the muddy ceiling above us immediately disappears, leaving no trace of Ghost Island behind, except for the voices still looming overhead. Find him! Find him! Tony? Is that really you? I look away from Tony and back at the llama who I now recognize as humanoid in form. Tony-esque, even, except for the animal noises. There are a few other Tony-types standing in the back of what is now clearly a spy bunker. Don't worry, Josh. These are my clones. A two-headed Tony steps forward. Yo, Yo, what's what's up, up, Josh? There's one Tony that's covered entirely in mud. How's it going, Ghost Zero? There's a man here who almost looks like Tony. Relax. We got you, dude. We got everything you need here. We got idols... We got steaks, we got desserts, we got Spotify. And then, of course, there's the llama. <coughs> Tony tells me he's been living out here on Ghost Island for what feels like an eternity, building spy shacks and spy bunkers and spy tunnels to form an underground maze of sorts. Tony and the Tony clones have been working tirelessly to reverse the curse and save the ghosts from their bad survivor decisions, to help them all off the island as soon as possible. As he's telling me this, Tony walks me down a long tunnel toward what he says will be my sleeping quarters while he figures out a way to send me home. But as soon as I step inside my surprisingly spacious room, hey, wait a second, a series of translucent doors slide shut behind me. Tony stands on the other side, smiling peacefully. Tony, what are you doing? Yo, you gotta trust me, man. This is the only way you're going to get off Ghost Island. According to Tony, I'm inside the cockpit of a spy rocket he and his clones finished building a few nights ago. It's the first of what he hopes will be many similar ships to help ghosts vacate the island. But right now, it's the only one of its kind. There's enough food, water, and air for one passenger. And one passenger only. Tony, no, 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 no! You have, you have to come with me. What are you, what are you doing? We just found you again. You just, you just came back. You can't leave us now. This is my home now. I gotta stay. Tony, Tony. 
As I kick and scream against the locked door, Tony places something inside of a chute, sending it directly into the closed cockpit. Here, take my bag of tricks. You're gonna need it where you're going, my man. 30, 29, I can hear the countdown toward blastoff. Even though I understand intellectually it's too late to change Tony's mind, my primal grief won't let me give up. I keep begging for Tony to stop the launch, snot dripping from my nose, my heart filled with despair, the pain far worse than the regret I felt when I couldn't make fire, a night that feels so long ago now. For his part, Tony only smiled, placing his hand against the door. Hey, when you get back, say hello to the young lad for me, man. Tears well up in my eyes. I don't have the heart to tell Tony that the young lad has joined the ghosts of bad survivor decisions. I press my hand against Tony's through the door. I'll tell him, Tony! I'll tell him! The two-headed Tony clone stands behind the real Tony now. The mud-covered Tony high-fives the glass door, leaving a dirty handprint behind. Say hello to the move for me, Ghost Hero. The llama Tony and delivers his goodbyes as well. Such as they are. As the rocket ship starts to slowly rise, the clones slowly fade out of view. And the real Tony Vlacos leaves me with these parting words of hope. I'll see you in another life, brother. Three, two, one, blast off! so high above, Ghost Island doesn't look so frightening. Indeed, it looks beautiful. A small speck of green in a sea of purple-gray. For someone who was never meant for this world, I must confess, I'm suddenly having a hard time leaving it. Tony for Ghost Zero. Tony for Ghost Zero. Come in, Ghost Zero. Tony? Is that you? It's me, man. Well, it's me as a computer. It's you as a what? As a computer. I'm a computer. I uploaded a version of myself in the computer system to guide you home and to make sure you don't get too lonely up there. Wow, uh, Tony, that's incredibly nice of you. And actually genuinely impressive. Are you sure you aren't a construction worker? Look, Josh, we don't have a lot of time. I've detected an additional life form on the ship. An additional life form? An intruder. There's an intruder on the ship, Ghost Zero, hiding in the spy hatch underneath your bed. You have to stop him whilst the whole ship is going to explode. Tony? Tony, are you there? Tony! There's no answer. Tony's gone, this time for real. My eyes move toward the bed as I think on all that Tony just said. My brow furrows. My blood boils. It dawns on me now what's happening, as I think back to only a few moments ago, and the painful goodbye I shared with my survivor hero and his clones. Most of his clones, that is. Surprise! Fake Tony, you son of a bitch! Fake Tony, aka Bodega Tony, aka Joni, aka Phony, whatever you want to call him, he's here, emerging from the spy hatch beneath my bed a bundle of computer wires in his oil-slicked hand. I know now that it's too late. He's destroyed the ship. 
and our mutually assured destruction is only moments away. Well done. You almost made it home. But nobody's allowed to leave Ghost Island. Nobody. You're nuts, fake Tony. You're nuts! No, not nuts. Coconuts. My heart breaks all over again as I come face to face with fake Tony's accomplice. It's Michael, the immunity idol. Mike? How could you? How could I? How could you? You're the one who messed up Ghost Zero. You're the one who failed Ghost Island's test. Fake Tony inches closer toward me, as does the immunity Michael, placing its wooden hands into latex gloves. And now, it's time for my test. I look around the chamber for anything that can buy me some time, if not buy me a way out of here. That's when I see it. Here, take my bag of tricks. You're gonna need it where you're going, my man. I grab Tony's bag of tricks, reach inside for anything that might save the ship. But at first glance, no such luck. (laughs) It's empty. Of course it's empty. That's why he's such a genius. It's a bluff, you idiot. Except it's not a bluff. It's a buff. And it's not empty. It's almost empty. There's text inside. A single letter. The W. What the hell is that? I place the buff on my head. What are you doing? I turn around. Don't do it, Ghost Zero. And I flash my pointer and index fingers on both hands in the direction of fake Tony and the immunity line. A physical gesture with a universal definition. Deuces! Wah, 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 wah. The sound emits from my lips, my eyes, my ears, bathing everything in the surrounding area in extraordinary light. The ship comes apart, blowing fake Tony and the immunity Michael out into outer space. And soon, my world becomes an ocean of stars. This won't hurt, I promise This won't hurt, I swear But you'll get broken places You weren't even aware You had I open my eyes I'm somewhere new but also somewhere old. It's cold. A man stands before me. An urn stands between us. Somehow, I know what's coming next. But I ask the questions anyway. Who are you? I am the fireman. What am I doing here? You are going to make fire. Okay. Let's make fire. Let's do it. Hi, everybody. Josh Wigler here. Couldn't make fire on Ghost Island. There are other fires to make, like the one I'm about to make. Let's see if I can do it.
very serious. Is everybody your son? Yes. But if I'm a son, and you are a son, then why is there no son in my room? I open my eyes. I'm back on Ghost Island. I'm inside the shelter. Survivor death once again hangs overhead. The eternal fire still roars. Someone else is here, but it's not a ghost. It's just a dude, a really good dude at that. And he informs me that it's four in the morning, and our boat to take us home will be here any minute now. The game, he tells me, is almost afoot. Survivor Ghost Island will begin in four hours. I sit in stunned silence for a few moments longer. What just happened? Was it real? Did any of it happen? Was I really chased around Ghost Island by the haunted spirits of bad survivor decisions? Imprisoned for months? rescued by Tony Flacos and his clones, and ultimately sent to an alternate universe where I had to make fire in order to return to reality? Or did I just... make it all up? Who can say? Here's what I can say. When I wake up on Ghost Island on June 5th, 2017, early in the morning, three days before the fateful arrival of Ghost One, I'm filled with joy. I'm filled with gratitude. I'm filled with a feeling of hope, a feeling that somewhere, off in the distance, out in the future, new fires are waiting to be born. For now, I'm just ready to go home. I sincerely hope that the survivors of this season are able to do a better job 
than I did. Hopefully they don't walk away from Ghost Island haunted by not having been able to fulfill the challenge that they were set out here to do. With that being said, uh, there's really nothing like being surrounded by a survivor history in the middle of the jungle on a survivor island. Uh, it's fantastic. It's really, really super cool. Another thing about being out here is, for me at least, even when I was at my most aggravated, it was hard, hard not to be more happy than frustrated. To be out here on a survivor island spending the night alone is cool enough on its own, but to, to be testing out a new mechanism in the game, um, the theme of the season, which is really built towards super fans and built towards people who really appreciate Survivor. It was really neat and it just looks amazing. This is something that I don't know always translates from the screen to, you know, from, from reality through the screen. I think that uh, the, the art department on Survivor is just so killer, so crazy. Um, and I don't think that that gets enough appreciation and enough play. Being, uh, you know, sleeping underneath uh, an army of torch snuffers of just like skulls and weird faces and elephants and, uh, you know, lions staring down at you and hatchets with skulls on them staring down at you is intimidating on one level because it really does all look just deeply frightening and you are alone and that's frightening in its own way. But it's also... It's also just so cool if you're a fan. So that was awesome. It's been an experience. It's been an adventure. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm humbled and honored and jervist to be part of this Ghost Island adventure, to become Ghost Zero, to be the first person to try this place out. I think that the survivors are going to have a lot of hard times out here. But I hope that they're going to have a lot of fun times out here as well. I certainly feel more galvanized about this season. I feel, uh, I feel really excited about it. I feel excited about the potential of what's out here. But I can't wait to talk to, to Jeff and Matt and find out what Ghost Island really is for the contestants and how this is going to play out for them. Because I think it has a lot of potential. You're in exile out here, but this is not Exile Island. There's more to be done. And... I can't wait to see how it plays. So, Survivor nerd and journalist Josh Wiggler, a.k.a. Ghost Zero, signing out. Ghost Island is a sacred place. It is a cursed place. For one night only, it was my place. And now, it's their place. The survivors of season 36 will run around all over the spooky playground in the weeks ahead, swinging from the proverbial monkey bars in their million-dollar game. With any luck, they won't leave any shred of regret behind. But I know better. I know from experience. Ghost Island is a land where dreams come true and it's a land where dreams swiftly become nightmares. So go ahead. Seek out the island. 
Follow your dreams and follow them fully. But like skin scraped from a knee, be prepared. A part of you will always stay out there in the spooky playground. Should you someday be brave and lucky enough to see the land of bad survivor decisions for yourself, stranded in the middle of nowhere, forced to build and destroy your own new world, with nothing but the howling winds and ancient voices for company, don't be scared. You're not alone. We're here. We've, We've always, always been, been here. here.